From beyond the farthest reaches of our galaxy they come. Two brains pulsing with a strange energy. These space brains come to share their love of science fiction movies. Welcome to Space Brain, the show where we joy watch sci-fi movies and talk about what was good and what was great. I'm Surrey and this is Mark. Hiya, tonight we're talking about The Platform. It's a 2019 uh, Spanish film about a vertical prison or experiment where you are trapped in this cell with another person, a bit like you trapped me in this cell, Surrey. Of our space brains. There is less prison. food here. There is absolutely less food here, even though in the platform, as this thing gets lowered down with this banquet, everyone just devours it and it keeps getting lowered down the levels and people are on all these different levels. This is a awesome science fiction film, sorry. And what do you think people should do before we go any further? I think they should go back and watch the film. This is your spoiler warning. Yeah, warning, warning. Warning, warning. If you haven't seen this yet, go back and watch it and then tune back in because we're about to talk about all parts of it. I really want to talk about this one. I am excited. So what was your number one takeaway, sorry, of the platform? Yeah, it's funny you should ask about takeaway because you weren't allowed to take away. No, there's no takeaway in this film. My number one takeaway from this is if you're going to get locked in a hole, Choose your one item wisely. Yeah, yeah. I would choose a surfboard. Okay. I wouldn't really. Why I, on I'd earth? I'd probably would you choose. choose? A, I'd choose an axe or something. <laughs> but did they? You know, like I loved that they got to choose something. The impression then was people knew what how bad this place was, and they then they were going because well, the film didn't really develop into that. But like it does, it's interesting, as I say, like she says. People bring knives and swords and axes and stuff, and you chose a book. Yeah, well, they but, passed by someone with a surfboard. Yeah. There was a longboard. Like, when they it came was, down, yeah. and they, they, they brandished their poles. He sort yeah. of ran and hid behind a surfboard. And that I just, that one, because totally, I understand the book. You sort of think, uh, yeah, you know. I'm going to be trapped in this place I'm going to prison. Time. Yeah. Take a book. A book yeah. One of my favorite books that I can just read and, and be interested in, entertained. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can share it with someone, make a friend. Yes, definitely. A surfboard has zero value. <laughs> like, what the heck are you going to do with a surfboard? I know, like, you can't surf in prison. You're not going to do anything. Like, no. It's just, it's really just going to be... Unless they had some grand plan of, like, surfing down the pit. <laughs> it's the pit, man. Yeah. It's the pit. Sounds like a big surf beach down in Margaret River. The pit. So, yes, uh, uh, don't take a book to a knife fight is my number one takeaway. Very, very good. Very good point. And, Mark, dare I ask... A hope, warning, or experiment? This is just an experiment to me because you put a huge amount of humans into this kind of... It's a science experiment to me. It's like basically you put a huge amount of uh, humans, you've locked them in levels. They don't really know how many levels there are. Uh, you're trapped, like you, you tra- as I just joked about, you and me are trapped here doing this podcast. And then you feed them... This banquet that just 
as it gets lowered down the level and the levels, it just gets more and more disgusting. Uh, and even then to the point where there's nothing and yet there's still people on levels. Um, and then you just every month change that up. So one month you're on level three where the food's good and then the next month you're on level 300 where there's no food and maybe you need to eat your partner or uh, eat yourself or some weird ass stuff. So it's, to me, that's just, it's a pure experiment because it's just like, who is going to last in this world? You know, like mm. who lasts in the pit? Um, and I, I mean, maybe it makes me a bit evil, but like I, straight away, as soon as I started to realize the premise of this movie, which happens really fast, doesn't it? Like oh, in the it first is. five minutes, um, we've got the two main characters basically telling us the rules of the story. I was like, Ooh, what's about to happen here? You know, like you could just like, it, it, it had that um, vibe to it straight away that you get from a movie like Saw. You know, it's like, you know, two people in a room trapped. And you're going to like just delicately, delicately kind of give them something to experiment with themselves and see who lasts, basically. So I think it's a, an experiment. I would definitely say it's an experiment. You, you might, well, you might think maybe it's a warning, but again, they're not, they're, this is humans, as far as we know, it's humans doing this to other humans. And there is some volunteers and in this pit, yeah. which is odd, and clearly some criminals. Uh, so it that's no one has overstepped boundaries of where they shouldn't go. So there's not a warning, and hope. Oh, there's very little hope in this. There's not much hope in this. Movie. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I suppose it's kind of a bit because a child survives at the end. Yeah, yeah. But you got to wonder if there actually was a child at all, or mm. or if old um, fried Nazi Goring. <laughs> Was a bit fried by the end. I think he was a bit fried, wasn't he? And I mean that, and I think that's the thing about this. It's an experiment that you know, multiple times during the film, people are murdered, or they commit suicide, or they just pretty much crack it, you know. And they're doing it, the impression I go is people are doing things in in this situation of hunger and and being tortured because they are basically being tortured. Oh, yeah. It's like it's like. That's probably the experiment. Sorry, actually, I've just now thought of it. It's like, what would you do if you're tortured like this? You know, how would you react? And of course, you're going to react slightly different to how I'm going to react. And the next person, Goring, for example. But I think the film was implying most people are going to turn to that sheer violence. You're either going to kill or be killed. And that's kind of the experiment. And we get this, the good old sort of overshadowed... Uh, whether it was the government or a corporation, I think admin. They the just refer to them the administration. Uh, yeah. The administration, the administration, and it keeps getting referred to. And um, I mean, my impression was probably government, but it, it felt that we've just got this overseeing power that they're not going to explain to us why they're doing this experiment. They're just bloody it, doing it. It had a similar feeling to that movie, The Cube. Yes, yeah, but definitely. with a different message or a different focus, for yeah. sure. But yeah. it was a similar idea. In I think so. For those of you who haven't seen The Cube, you should. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's got some really good points and some interesting ideas there. For sure, 90s sci-fi. Yeah, it's more yeah, along the, the lines of uh, bureaucracy, yeah. entangling bureaucracy. Mm. Uh, the, the cruelty of impersonality, mm. in, impersonal sort of bureaucracy, sort of yeah. thing, as opposed to this one, which is more about um, yeah, the experiment of what social contracts would people give up and what would they try to enforce and mm -hmm. how they're going to react yeah. to what is very literally trickle-down economics. 
Yeah. Isn't it? Which, yeah. which is just as a beautiful demonstration uh, or metaphor, oh, yeah. a physical analog yeah. of uh, what many people criticize Western capitalism to be. Mm. And, and certainly, uh, I'd have to agree that there's some very strong parallels there to certain economic theories that um, popularized by Reagan, mm. but certainly not unique or, or first thought of. Yeah. But that in, the, in that there's, there's literally trickle down is that the people at the top get the pick of the food. And, the, yeah, the and pick that, of everything. And the theory would be that then that goes down and makes its way down to everyone. But the reality is that it runs out. As a, yeah. Like it's the pit is deeper than humans left to their own devices allow for. And, and, you know, like, so the most wealthiest person gets the pick of it, but they take more than their share, don't they? Well, and they, they reckon, and this is, uh, I sort of, I could talk more about later, but it's yeah. the, uh, what they call it, the uh, paradox of the commons or the, the, so the idea is, and this is, this is one of the arguments to have government or the philosophical reasoning for why you have to have some sort of government is because if you've got a, a commons, which is like a, a free to use area, mm. invariably it gets overused yep. and destroyed. And that leads then to the privileged people are the ones who are overusing it. Mm. And then underprivileged people who are left with the destruction. Mm. And, and this comes down to not having property rights on uh, the commons, which was the, the example being given, was like a, a patch of green grass in the middle of a, a village square, mm. for example. Yeah, yeah. If you've got no government, no particular rules about it, it's just, it's just common property. Anyone can use it for whatever. You know, what happens is Farmer Joe brings his goats in to graze because yeah. he yeah. can, he can do it. Uh, and then, but then, you know, the family across the street want to have a picnic there. Mm. And then someone else sees the goats and goes, oh, that's a good idea. I should bring my cows in here. Saves me from having yeah, to have and crops. The, and they eat all the grass. And they eat all the grass. And so the goats, the cows and the family have destroyed everything. And by the end of the week, you know, the other family sort of gets back from their work wherever they are and they want to play a game of cricket and it's just a muddy pit. Mm. So they, okay, well, fine, we'll play rugby. And then that just turn, churns it all up and no more grass grows. So, yeah. the, you know, the following week, there's no more grass. No one gets to use any of it and it's totally ruined. Yeah. Uh, and that's the argument being that if you had some sort of a government system in place or a very strong set of rules, then you could have a ticket system or a timer who goes, okay, you've had your bit. You've got, you're only allowed to have, you know, so much grass for your goats or your cows or whatever. Yeah. And if you don't obey those rules, you know, you forfeit something. Yeah, or even the rule of you can't have your cows and sheep on this bit. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. This no, is more for picnics and sport, now, yeah. and, and then that's when you get those rules, don't you? And yeah. so this, I, I can't remember what it's called now. It's something other commons, but it, but it it applies to all these things so yeah. like yeah. roads and parks and yeah. you know water supplies. You know, you need to have authorities over these things in order to maintain some semblance of order yeah or invariably it will be overused but this film sort of suggests or this story suggests that once people went higher up and i mean it's suggested from the the outset of the rules um of early in the story that once you go higher up you kind of like piss and shit on the people below literally <laughs> like not only like that's the thing like it's so it's like not only do the wealthier people like i think that there's a symbol there isn't there it's yeah. like so the wealthier people get the pick of the best bit of food 
but not only do they do that but they like they tr they walk over the food or they'll like muddy the food or they like you know destroy the food for the people below them like they're not they, they could go oh you know i'm on level one i get the pick of everything i'll just take this plate and very civilly eat that but they didn't do that they nah. totally did the opposite which was like you know and, and we see that uh, even even at the start um with Goreen and then the older man that he is with. Tiragamad. Yeah. I wrote his name down a lot when I was writing. Uh, Tiramagasi. Yeah, that's it. Tiramagasi. Tiramagasi, yeah. Like he, he, like, you know, gets the wine and he just throws it down and you hear it smash. And every time board. he spat down as well. And he spat down as well. So it's like, not only are we are humans, you know, like we're kind of like going to gorge more ourselves in the higher levels, but we're actually going to make it worse for the people below us. Oh, know? yeah. So we don't even look out for them. But what did you think out there? Let us know what you thought about uh, this film, whether it was a hope experiment or a warning. Yes. So and tell, and tell us what your favorite, because like, they ask you what your favorite food is. Yes, When you come in. True. So how about, how about you tell us what your favorite food is? Mm. Uh, and there's, I've got a strategy on that, which, which we'll talk about as we go through the, the plot. Oh, okay. So, you've been doing anything sci-fi related? Oh, uh, you know what I've been trying to do is get more writing in. I've yes. been, I went to McDonald's, the, the cafe oh, there. And come on, we're not bit. being sponsored yet, sorry. No, no, not that one. <laughs> not the Golden Arches one. This is my friend Jim. Jim McDonald's. Jim McDonald's okay, good old cafe. Jim McDonald's. Farmer Jim McDonald? Yes, yes. <laughs> I had to push my way past the goats in the cafe. Yeah. And then I went to the library and I actually went back to work on Friday, which was... Um, Peculiar. So I went, uh, took the later train. So that was mostly empty. Got into work, and we've been divided into shifts. So every two weeks, I can come in on Tuesday or Friday if yep. I want to get away from home to work. Yep. Some people need to. And yeah, my desk was off in a corner. There was no one within four meters of me. <laughs> so, and uh, only two of my team members were rostered to go on, but only one of them turned up. So and they were sort of around the corner and a bit away from me. So we actually still conduct our meetings via um, Teams, yeah, right. uh, online, even yep. though they were just around the corner because we had to talk to the other guys as well. Mm. But it was it was nice to a bit of a change of scenery. I, yeah. I, won't, I won't be doing that again for a while. Uh, I thought it was also important because one of the um, executive general managers had gone to a lot of effort to work out this structure <laughs> arrangement so that people could get into the office because there, there were some people that were working with who um, that live in a small apartment with a couple of kids and you know, families and, mm. and they had, they're really struggling to get any work done. Yeah. So they sort of needed a place to get out and do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm valiantly giving up my spot for that. Oh, okay. Also, it's, it's, it's an hour and a bit dry, you know, train ride up there and it's $20 and fares and things. So, yeah. Um, plus the Mandra Skate Park will be opening up again soon the Falcon. Skate park, so I'll be able to go there during school hours yep. when there are no kids and only us growing up. The park is your oyster. Then. But hey, we're looking at some stats on park usage, uh, skate park usage around here in Mandra, and they found that the majority, as you'd expect, a bit more than half are aged between 13 and 18, mm -hmm. you know, teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then the next biggest group is actually aged 25 to 35. Mm-hmm. Uh, followed by 35 plus, the smallest sliver of a group, 18 to 25. Mm. So it turns out that when you finish school and you go get 
a real job or you go to university or whatever, you stop skating. Mm. Yeah. And, that's and then once you've got yourself a job, you've got a bit of an income again, you, you might come back. back. Yeah. <laughs> so, interesting. And, and wheels, car wheels, eh? Like well, that's, that's probably a, a bit of a, oop, there's probably a bit of a connection there, isn't there? Because as soon as you get your own car wheels, well, then you're just like, oh, okay, I don't need to skate. But as a teenager, you might literally skate from A to B. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah it's, it's sort of the way it is. And I think you'd probably find the same sort of stats around musical instruments. Yeah. So the people who are... And probably bikes, like even just riding a yeah, bike. Yeah, riding a bike. But people who are interested in actually doing something professionally with an instrument will mm. keep going. Mm. But most people, they finish high school, suddenly they don't have the time. They're going out because they can drive themselves around. Yep. They, so they're not just sitting at home playing... Yep. Uh, they're working, so trying to line up time to practice with a band or something becomes very difficult. Trust mm. me, I know. I've, I've got, I've got my yeah. guitars here and, and a drum kit there. And yeah, I did it a bit I when I was eighteen. Up, so. and it was really hard to keep yeah. a band, like keep guys coming together all together in the one room on a consistent basis. Yeah, so. like back. And then, I was guilty as well of like then like going, oh well, I can't go to that because of this and. Yeah, well, yeah. back in the day, I used to play Dungeons and Dragons and various other role-playing games. Mm. Very easy on a weekend to get, you know, four, five, six of us in one house to play. Yep, yep. Uh, after we got jobs and finished university and, and trying to get five people in the one room on a consecutive day, we could still manage it just. Mm. But then certainly once people got married and oh, kids... Yeah. Forget about it. No, that's right. No, anyway, really. that's that's just some interesting stuff in yourself. Uh, well, I'm building my website, so I'm excited about that. I've and that will be kind of coming together. I'm working on my next short, which is a science fiction, a time travel science fiction film. So just putting the finishing touches to that. So again, like you, trying to in this post-COVID weird reality that we're in. Uh, I'm still working from home and probably will be for a bit longer, um, but still find it hard to get that routine with, especially with writing. Oh yeah, it's funny. Like it. with the website thing, to kind of just go, oh, jump on the computer for two hours, muck around, build, start building that. I've found that a lot easier than writing. Like it's just the flow of writing hasn't been the same. Uh, but I, I know it will come. It's just just kind of building a rhythm. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited about those two things, and I've had the I've been in the local press. You might yeah, have noticed, which was thing. pretty exciting. So yeah, both local papers promoted uh, the fact that I've done this film. I was really happy with that. Putting out, you know, I contacted them and I sort of didn't hear from them for a few days, and I thought, oh, they're probably like, so what? Who gives a shit? <laughs> but then they both they're both really good, and, and especially um, Jake at the community paper, like. That was a really lengthy interview with him. That was like a 15, 18 minute interview. I have, like. I have a feeling though that video making or filmmaking, like um, you know, old school filmmaking as opposed to sort of web blogging or video blogging, is probably interesting enough. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, a lot of local guys going entering into film festivals yeah, and yeah. does filmmaking. Oh, that's 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 interesting and noteworthy. Yeah. Enough. Well, the interesting thing as well, sorry, was uh, you know, like I had my doubts. Like, you have your fear back to you know, you who am I? You know, like who gives a crap about this guy? But then I also thought I looked at the local papers um, a little bit more thoroughly that week, and it's like these journalists are working at local newspapers, and if you actually look through the paper, you'll notice that there's only about three or four writers. So the thing is, what pulled me back to reality a little bit was. 
well, they're writing about some assault, they're writing about some car accident, and then here's an article where they're writing about a guy making a film. And in their mind, they might actually be a bit more excited about that because it's not like violence and, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's like, oh, this is a bit of a different article, you know, like yeah. a kind of, you know, like it's just a different part of society. It's kind of like a police officer probably dealing with a lot of, you know, shitty situations and then they might actually meet someone that helps someone else, you know, and they go, oh, this is nice, you know, like I see a different side of society. Um, so I'll, I'll try a, not to beat them too much. Yeah, don't beat the police too much. We, we know what they do. Um so, yeah, and also got interviewed by the Australian Short Film Network, which is pretty cool. That was really kind of came out of nowhere, the, the lady that runs that place um, online. And I was quite excited by that as well because it's, yeah, that's, you know, they've got a lot of members online on Facebook and stuff. Um, and I do use their Facebook group. They've got about 10,000 members across Australia. So that was kind of, uh, and that interview was a little bit more about myself as well as a filmmaker, not just the memory. So yeah, some pretty cool little film things going on. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yes. And hopefully uh, there's a couple of festivals that I'm looking at and hopefully going to get a good thumbs up in the next couple of weeks that they've accepted the film. I don't really know yet. So maybe by next episode, I can be talking a bit about that if it's happened. Um, yeah. So we just push ahead. Next project. That's fantastic. So let's talk about the platform, and this is going to be terrible uh, pronunciation skills, I think. Uh, it's I a, it's don't like this bit. This is the bit I don't like, sorry. Spanish film, <laughs> and in fact, the characters in it had, had names somewhat that were more crazy, I know. Malay, Indonesian sort of names. They felt like that. but I mean, goreng, if you ever looked at a restaurant menu, yeah, Nazi yeah. goreng is, yeah. is fried rice. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, yeah, and what you just said. I, what was the older guy's name? Trim Trimagazi. I mean, that doesn't. Is that Spanish? No. I, don't know. I was I was reading some thoughts on that, and it's uh, there. It might be Malay was, or something. Okay. There's um a couple of uh words that sort of get munged together. I can't remember what it was suggesting, but yeah. So the I think the the writer here was sort of playing around a bit with words and possible other meanings and so the writer um david disola i believe or disola maybe you can correct me david uh seems to have made the story and then also written the screenplay with another guy called pedro riverari maybe just totally correct me if you're wrong hit me look up. well i'm gonna vote for him <laughs> pedro vote for pedro yes i'm <laughs> glad you got that um and it was directed by goldo gasadori iritate <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Hey, I'm Australian. We don't tend to pronounce names properly anyway. In the we, best of times, we have trouble with Australian names. <laughs> we do, and that's why we shorten everything. This guy would be Gaz. Gaz. You just become Gaz. This, da- is, this so would be your name. It's Davo. Uh, well, Pedro. Yeah. You can't really change that too much. Peds. Peds. <laughs> Davo. Peds. Gaz. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Oh, I'm just going to really break it down. Your nickname is O, okay? That's it. That's as far as I go. Uh, my wife's nickname is P. Yeah. Because that's the first letter of her name. That's it. That's it. That's what we do in Australia. So we do really pull it down. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, but I, I looked up good old Gaz and um, he's made a couple of short films. He's produced a couple of other films, a recent film that was pretty successful. Um which again has a title that I can't pronounce. Um, and this film in particular, the platform, 
premiered at the Toronto Film Festival. It's one of the really big ones, and he was there talking about it. So um, it had a, had a fair bit of traction internationally, this film, um, and it's been dubbed for Netflix. Uh, did you watch the dubbed version or no, subtitles? No, I the subtitles. Okay. I, the, I prefer the... subtitles. Um, with animated films, I'll tend to go dub. Yeah. But otherwise, I just I get too distracted by the out of lip sync, and yeah, sometimes they don't quite match the voice actors very well. And yeah. So I, I like to I like to read. I actually I kind of the dubbed version came up and I just went with it and I thought they actually did a really good job. Um, and I kind of at the end I went back and started doing the subtitles and actually the dubbed version is quite good. This is a better version I felt. Mm. Um, the actors seemed to get into it, the, the vocal actors. It wasn't just trying to be word for word. Um, so it wasn't too bad, but I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Sometimes the dub thing is just doesn't work. Okay, so opening image is there's this really posh-looking, mature man in a very kind of luxurious, expensive-looking kitchen, and he's overseeing a bunch of chefs. And it's, it's a big kitchen it's too. It's a huge kitchen. Um, there's a whole bunch of chefs and kitchen hands and they're cooking all oh, some delicate looking, good looking food, aren't they? Uh, it's amazing. It's, it looks like, um, it looks like we're about to enter into some sort of, uh, food based drama. Yeah. We- <laughs> which well, I guess we do, but yeah, it, it looks like a, like a cooking, um, musical is about to kick off, you know, yeah, with, yeah, with people sort of dancing around with fish and lobsters yeah. and. Uh, salt and There's pepper a whole shakers. bunch of really very interesting close-ups of food and, mm. you know, the way they're preparing food. Um, and this man is directing them, but it's we don't hear or see anything come out of his mouth and stuff, do we? It's all, it's all just within the scene itself. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it cuts to Gorang. Is that, is that right, Gorang? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Gorang. And he's probably like about a 30-year-old dude and he wakes up and he's kind of in this... Very weird space. He's very disorientated at first. Um, it takes him a little bit to kind of come to his senses. Uh, and opposite him is an old man. And we learn that his name is Trimazo or whatever Tr- it is. Trigamazi. Trimagazi. Trimagazi. <laughs> Trimagazi. Trimo. Trimo. Trims. Trims. Um, I, I honestly, I was writing down my notes. I was like, old man, old man, old man. I'm like, I better IMDB these characters. And I'm like, oh, my God. I think old man's... Old man. I'll, I'll stick with old man. Young man, old man. Samurai um, plus. And the old man, he's a bit bitter. He's been there a little bit longer. He starts telling him, you know, a bit about the system here, where they're at. Mm. Um, and you can it, kind of see, like, he's, he, he's, he's, he's been in the system a bit longer. Um, and he's, he's a bit coy about everything as well. He's, he's not too... And he's obviously... No. Obviously, everything's sorry. obviously. <laughs> um, which was a really, I liked that. That was a cool little character trait, wasn't it? It was nice because he was annoying. originally using it uh, in, I guess, indicate his cynicism. He's, mm. he's been there a long time. Obviously, that's where the food platform comes out. He's like, yeah. why is that obvious? That's not obvious to anyone. Yeah, but yeah. And then he gets annoyed when the uh, Garang uses it back on him and says, oh, now obviously, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> And he says, hey, don't steal my words. That's right. And he literally negotiates not to steal my words. Um, and he says that level 48 is a good level to be on. You should be happy that you started on level 48. Yeah, level 48. Because we, we do start to learn a bit about the dark nature of this 
environment because it, it doesn't it doesn't get much more into that no before the food comes out for the yeah. first time we get that kind of there's a green light red light thing and the green light comes on um and this large platform lowers into the middle of the room because in the middle of the room there is this hole and the old man Starts stuffing his face oh, he, with the food. It's like a little ritual. He brings yeah. a cushion over, That's puts right. it down. Sorry, he puts it down puts he kneels, kneels down like he's yeah. praying, which oh, I thought yeah. was quite good. And yes. Then, and then he just starts gorging. Yeah. And he finds a bit of wine and he... It's, and Goring is sort of sitting there going, this is disgusting. Yeah, because like, you yeah. can tell that people have eaten it. Yeah, this is like leftovers of slop. Yeah. So this is the, the leftovers of 96 people mm. above us. And the old man is like, yeah, well... And it's probably the best you're going to get for a while. Yeah. So you better eat your fill. And, and he kind of sorts through the food a bit disgustingly and he, there's a whole apple. Well, he, 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 do, he does it only on like the third day of it. Oh, yeah? Because initially yeah, he, he right. goes, no, sorry, I've, I've got my, you know. Yes, that's true. Actually. I've got my morals. Sort of. I've he got my back. standards. <laughs> he sits back and then the old man, he, he, he gobbles it down, slurps down the wine and then last thing he does, he spits on the table and it goes down. <laughs> and and Goring says, what, what are you doing? Why'd you spit on that? How do you know they're not doing that above? He said, "Ah, oh, they probably are." Yeah, you know, and that's just, yeah, they're terrible. And that's and that's when like we we cut. There's a like a second time it comes out. You yeah. get a couple of these little cuts. That's right. He, does, he he doesn't eat for a few days, does he? And then yeah. he kind of looks and it's oh, he turns aside and and yeah. finally yeah the, the hunger sort of catching up. It's been yeah. a few days now. That's when he grabs the apple and he but he just puts it in his pocket for later. Yeah, because. Yeah, and that, that's when when that happens, the old man like skulls the wine. He says he does say something. Oh, there's not too many drinkers above us, yeah. which is great. <laughs> he skulls the wine and like then he just like throws the wine oh, down. That was because of the suicide. Yeah, like there's a body drops down past them. And they go, "There's a body." I guess often the people up above they've they've got nowhere else to go up. You know, everything's looking down from there, mm. so they often jump. I'm just hoping it wasn't a teetotaler. I want the drinkers to jump. I want the drinkers know? to jump. <laughs> Um, uh, no, the room heats up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so because he's taken this apple, um, he's, he tells him, you stole the apple, you have to throw it down or, or they'll die or get so hot, the flesh will melt off our bones. I, do you think he actually knows that? No, but it looks like it gets pretty hot pretty quickly, doesn't it? Oh, you could well imagine that, that you would die from yeah. it. But... I don't know. You don't really know, do you? Uh, who's, who's ever really tried it to find out? And also, yeah, it's not like they can just punish Goreng and not him. Yeah, so well, that's he, the thing. So if Go, he was in Goreng the, chucks it down. He's, if, yeah. he's good. Um, and then we have a cut to It's a bit sort of abrupt here, but we have this beautiful long shot in this weird sort of concrete-styled building with lots of numbers on the walls and stuff. And it, it doesn't show you who's interviewing him, which is a nice technique as well. But Goreng... He's, it's obviously before the experiment we learned during the scene, but it, it's like he's been interviewed um, before going in. And the thing is he, he's volunteering to go into this place um, and he's in a suit you know, he's, he's, and he's smoking uh, and he actually asks the question, can I bring a book? And the woman, we know it's a woman, but we don't see her. She replies, yes. yes you, so it's just this little bizarre you can, scene. You can bring one thing in with you. Yeah, and he's chosen a book. And he won't um, be able to smoke when he goes. To yeah, and he won't be able to. And that's right, yeah. And and then it cuts back and Gorin is explaining to Trimagazi that 
he's getting a degree for spending six months in this place. That's the exchange. So he's got to put up with this this place. Um, and then this is where Dramagi Ghazi kind of gets a bit peeved off because he's like, well, I should get two degrees because yeah. I'm in here for 12 months. Yes. <laughs> and, and I also thought it was really interesting here because uh, I initially assumed it was a prison. Yeah. But, yeah, Goring voluntarily went along, did mm. this entrance interview, uh, six months, and he'll get a, a diploma or something like that. Yeah. And I, I do... Th- I, I think I'm pretty much right. Um, Trimar Ghazi says you you volunteered to come in. Like, yeah, he, like, he's... So the suggestion is that maybe he didn't and then he did, you know, like, so so you sort of start to think, oh, okay, yeah, like, as you said, like, this is a prison, but then some people have said they'll come in. There's, like, some... Why, why is that happening? Some sort of payoff to go in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, they're paying people to go into this place. Yes. Which is really weird. Uh, but with the old man, Trimar Ghazi, he then... He gives his little story. Well, just be there's a after that it's night time and Gorin looks into the hole and uh, Trimagazi actually warns him and that that's when the platform comes back up. Hushka. And it comes flying through. That oh yeah. If he hadn't warned him, he would have just been splattered. Yes, which no doubt yeah. he's probably seen before. Yeah. Which is good as well because like as a writing device it means yeah, because they're trying to set it up. Because, because of course, in films like this, you you do. I don't know about you, but you straight away think, "How would you get out? How do you escape? There must be ways out. There's always a way out of the room, isn't there?" Sorry, and so it's like, well, this is the way the platform comes back up. It comes flying in like an aeroplane, <laughs> like it's going to cut your head off if you tried to. Like, it's not like you can just jump on it. No, you know, like you wouldn't be able to. You'd just be, yeah, split in three or four or fourteen hundred. And we and we learn a bit about what happens if you. Get on it as it descends because it descends slowly. Yeah. So you can easily jump on, you know, stand on there and, and yeah. get right it down if you wanted to. But they don't care about it. You can go down. You can go yeah. down. You just can't go up, um, which is very symbolic. Uh, and then, yeah, the next day, Goring's still not eating. Um, and he asks Trimagazi why he's there. And this is where we get this really interesting story, don't we? About yeah, the samurai sword. Samurai knife. Samurai knife. Sorry. Yeah, samurai Max. So, yeah, he's. <laughs> The um, Trimagazi says that he was watching the TV one day at home, and one evening, I think maybe he even says, and the you know the, the infomercial fellow comes on and starts telling him about this set of knife sharpeners that will sharpen any of your knives, bring it back to an as new sharpening mission. Doesn't matter if it's serrated mm. or straight edged or curved, it'll sharpen it brilliantly. Yeah. And he showed how you, you know he could sharpen up a knife uh, that wouldn't cut through anything and then he cut into a brick with it mm. i have to say i've actually bought this set of knives <laughs> uh, I've, I've seen very similar infomercial this one and, and the guy he takes one of the knives and like cuts a shoe in half yeah, and cuts yeah. into a brick and yeah. then still cuts through a tomato yeah and the question in your head is why are you cutting a brick <laughs> but truman goes he goes on and says oh, that was brilliant i just couldn't believe it so i bought the, the knife mm. sharpness yes the next night watching the tv the same guy came on and there's the samurai max knife sharpening set Next guy at night, the guy came on the TV and was selling a knife, a knife never had that to sharpen. never needed to be sharpened. <laughs> and, you know, again, it, in fact, when you used it, it got sharper. Yes. Just using it sharpened it. And, yeah, so he's, um, this is called the Samurai Plus. <laughs> yes, which, which Goring actually supplies the answer to. Yeah. Do you know what it's called? It's Samurai Plus. Yeah. So he's, he's seen the infomercial. 
Uh, and then Trimagazi says, yeah, so I, I took my television and threw it out the window. <laughs> and now they say, I killed the man. Yeah. That wasn't, it was his fault for, you know, what was he doing walking around down there? Yeah, he killed it. I mean, this is interesting culture. He's like, I killed an immigrant. Yeah. Is it that really even my fault? He shouldn't have been there in the first place. Yeah. You know? We don't, we don't know what country he was an immigrant into. Yeah, yeah. You would assume Spain because he speaks yeah. Spanish. But, but, you know, it could be any of these South American countries, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, or who knows? But then, I mean, from that, it's kind of like, ah, so he's he's a killer, and that's the thing from that story, isn't it? From Varane's yeah, point of view, yeah, I, I think the way the way I got from it though, he was not he's not a cold blooded, heartless no, murderer, but, but it rather just, uh, set up. He he refused to take responsibility for his actions, yeah. which did lead to death. Yeah, so sort of a manslaughtery type situation. Uh, a reasonable person would have considered that chucking a TV out the window mm. is dangerous and you could hurt someone. Yeah. Someone died. Okay, so, so he's not in there for murder as such, mm. but clearly he's a passionate person and he's a bit uncaring mm. about other people. So the next day, but there's that suspicion factor. That's yeah, what it felt exactly. like. That's what I picked up. It's like, oh, I'm in, I'm in a room with a guy that's, he's here because he murdered someone. And, and, We've we've seen the Samurai Plus knife. Yeah, he brought the knife with him. So he's got this sharp <laughs> knife, and, and uh, Goring brought Don Quixote. Yeah, like it's, it's not even a new book he brought. No, it's <laughs> very old. <laughs> he wanted to always read it, and I get it. Yeah. With little babies, it's like I've got a list of books I'd like to read. Um, so I, I totally get that. So then, anyway, the next day, Goring suggests that when the food comes down, he says to uh, Trimagazi that they should ration the food. Like there's still food here, they should try to ration it. Yeah, and he so so and he talks about like yelling up to the people above, and he says they won't listen to you. And he tries, and you see the there's a man that like kind of looks but doesn't say anything. Yeah, he just silently and stares down at him. Then then the thing is lowered, and he starts yelling down Goreng, saying you know we should ration and we should have a go at doing this. And Trimagazi pisses on it. Yeah, he just uh, lets it fly and starts. What, what is it? He says something funny. Uh, yeah, I'll. I can't remember what he says now. No, I can't remember so what like, he yeah, I'll, I'll show you how I'll, I'll ration it then. Yeah. Yeah, and he pisses over the edge. And he just pisses over it. And it, it's, it's interesting because there's a couple of moments in the film. There's one later with a couple. Um, and, like, I, you don't think about it, but it's what is really quite nice with this film is that that's the thing. Like, you're like, oh, we've got to eat this food to, to live. But it's like, yeah, the people above might have pissed on it. They might have had sex on it. They might have... You know, done anything to it. They might have eaten something that didn't agree with them and yeah, they vomited. they just vomited it back up into the table of Very food. Nice. And you are at a level where it's just mush and and they walked over it, sweated over it, pooed on it, whatever, you know? And it's yeah. just like, you start to go, this is freaking pretty damn... And that's why level 48 was a good level. Yeah. Clearly it was high <laughs> enough up that... Because indeed, when they're on level 48, the food was... Yeah, there was sort of bits... But there was still... Recognizable chunks of cake. It was recognizable, yeah. There was a whole apple, yeah, and and so on, yeah. yeah. Um, and this is where we get a the dead body falls. So uh, all yeah. of a sudden, a body like falls, and and um, Goran gets a spray of blood, and he kind of talks about um, uh, Trimagazi talks about well, yeah, people above, if they've got no hope because they're up too high. Yeah, they're at the you top. Know, they're yeah. at the top. And it's still at this stage, we 
we don't know all the rules of this place no, yet. No, Because I, I was sort of thinking, why, like, that's yeah. sort of a, a bit of a, a weird thing to say that, yeah, you're up in, when you're up on the top floors, you've got nowhere, you know, there's no way for you to go forward. Mm. You're not going to go up anywhere. Yeah. And so a lot of them, yeah, just decide to end it at that point. Yeah. But I think that might have been a bit of a, an excuse, like just to him coming up for a reason. Because why would you jump when you are in the higher levels? Uh, well, I think because let's, let's imagine this scenario where you're coming at level 48, 48 is yeah. your first one. So the food is you've, the food's food, getting messed okay. up, but it's it's edible. There's still some, so it, like every, every now and then there's a little bit of wine there even, you know, like, and you go, okay, that's that's cool. You think it'd be nice to get the high levels. And then your month comes up. And then you're down at level 200 yep. or 300 and something. And, yeah, you just know. And you maybe not even any dishes left on this platform. And you've got to go a whole month with no food. So mm. maybe you go without food for a whole month. And then your next month comes up, but you're at level 120. Yeah. You know, you, you've gone up, but, you know, you're still basically not getting any food. And so there you, you, you've got to resort. You're going to resort to cannibalism or something. Yeah. yeah. Dreadful. And then you get to level one. You know, you go, wow, you, you get the best food. But as you're approaching the end of that month, you know what's coming. Mm. And you've just been, you know, you've just been horrendously traumatized having to kill your, oh, fl- course, your, yeah. your, your you cellmate your and fellow space brain. Commit, you know, um, space brain aside. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, yeah, and so I can imagine that maybe the first time, but then you go down to level 60. Yeah. And then level 100. And then you're back up to level two. Coming towards the end of that month, you'd be just going, I, I cannot do another. Like, like I can't go to 200. Where there's going like, to be yeah. too many months of yeah. jumping around. There's too many numbers below me and not enough above me. Mm-hmm. But if you, come in a, if you come in at level 100 or something, mm. you know, up, there's a lot of numbers up. and you know, So I can sort of imagine it there that people, yeah, okay. after, now if they've, if they've spent enough time in there and yeah. gone up and down a few times, they get up to the top there and they know they've got another three months before the sentence is up or something. It'd just be like, no, I can't do no, it. No, I, I can't go through another month. I might of, as well jump. Of, yeah, horror. So that's a good explanation. So we, with the next scene, we cut to the food is being load, lowered, sorry, and uh, we suddenly have, there's a woman seated in the food. Yes. Um, and Not well, luxuriously seated. No, She's not huddled. She... She's huddled and she's she, not part of the, the dish. No, like, no. like sushi but it's bizarre, off, isn't it? Sushi off a, a person <laughs> lying down or something, body yes. shots. You know? Yeah. I've never had that experience. I should have never been to that kind of party. So. You never had someone eat sushi off your body? No, no. It is remarkably delightful. <laughs> I was thinking about, like, uh, I'm trying to think of the movie. There's that future, who's that futuristic movie? It's in there with Ralph Fiennes, and there is a scene, and the women are like on the table. Naked. Yeah, yeah, it's and, it's, and, it's, a, it's a thing. It's, it's I think it's been in a couple of these. It has been a couple of movies. That's the movie I was just thinking of. I'm sure I that's in that movie. Can't right. imagine why you'd want to do that. No, but anyway, it, it uh, is actually a thing. Like I know they've done it. Um, oh, it's been done for sure. Yeah, um, you can bet that people have done just about everything. Yeah, some writer went to some party in LA and was like, "God, they got um, that's in my story now." <laughs> yeah, that's it's a I don't know. I, like, it's a weird thing. I guess it. I guess it. It in requires questions, invokes the mind, makes you mm. think and wonder. So uh, as an art piece, it, but it as, succeeds. As we know from George Costanza, don't mess, don't mess sex and food too much together. Okay? 
it ends up in a weird zone. <laughs> yeah, I can well imagine. <laughs> um, anyway, so this, but this film's not implying that at all. She's she's huddled. She's you know in a ball. Clearly, um, one of the one of the dozen cellmates of prisoners. Yeah, she's one of them as well. From what she's wearing, um, and she doesn't really look at them. She's a bit tightly kind of curled up. And he he Goreng actually kind of examines her a little bit, and um, Trimagazi says, oh, you could keep her for a couple of days. <laughs> like, you know, I've, and we all know what that means. Um, but he's not interested. And he also feels in the story that um, she likes to kill her cellmate so that she can, for the next month, find her son because that's why she's lowering herself on the food. She's yeah. trying to look for her son um, or a child, maybe. A more child. Than son. Yeah, yeah, a child. Um, and so it's kind of a little bit, and Goring wants to help her, and yeah. he indicates he says, "You know, I, I want to help you. Yeah. Like, you're right." Yeah, and yeah, he does kind of sympathise with her, kind of, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, and and then it, and then the food is lowered, so she goes to the next level, and there the two men grab her. Yeah, and you know you you know what they're going to do, and and Evan Trimagazi says, "Ah, oh, don't worry, they'll let her go in a couple of days once they've had their fill, kind of thing," mm. um, but. As and Goreng's, he, he's shouting at them. Isn't he, he sort of shouts and he and he mm. wants to jump. Mm. And Trimagazi goes, "Yeah, jump, jump, go down, it's help him." It's only, only six or eight meters. Yeah, yeah, it's not that far, you know. And he's he hesitates, and we we're hearing this fight go on downstairs, downstairs or level below. And then the next thing you know, that kind of that shuffles, and she crawls back over, mm, sort gets- of a bit bloodied and whatever. And uh, and she hops back on the food. And looks up at Gorang, and then it gets lowered again. Mm. So you imagine that this is kind of what she does. Yeah, so she must have murdered the two, or, you know, in self-defense. Or incapacitated them. Or... Yeah, whatever. Yeah, she overpowered them. Yeah, so it's pretty bloody bleak, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but then we have this montage. It's time for a montage. Yes, a montage. Goring kind of gets into it, doesn't he? Gets into eating the scraps of other people. Yeah, it's slowly at first, yeah. but then yeah, he's, he's in there, and then he's like dancing, he's drinking with yeah, the wine bottle, and, and they're they're kind of eating, and they're reading the book, and they're having a good old time. Oh, he's he's reading the book to him, yeah, because yeah, yep. you know, hey, the, it's working. Having the mm. book has made a friend. Um, and then there's a moment where uh, Trimagazi says, <clears throat> "You realize that." There's gas at the moment, and yeah. we're going to be knocked can, out. Can you smell it? It's the gas. Yeah, it's the gas. And he says, "Look, we're going to wake up on a new level tomorrow. You know, so just enjoy the ride. You know, see what happens." And he wakes up, and it's one seven one, so it's a lot lower. Yeah. And what has happened to him he, when he wakes up? He is tied up, bound, and gagged in yeah. his um, bed. All yes. of his sheets have been shredded. Yep. Probably with a knife that sharpens itself. And now we're seeing a bit of a darker side of Trimagazi. Yeah, and he pops out. Well, he does make a good point, and yeah. uh, it is one that I, I sort of thinking I have, is that inevitably one of these two people will fight the other one. Yeah. You know, Trimagazi doesn't know Goreng well enough to judge how long he'll last without food before he goes a bit mental. Uh, some people some people manage it, though. They'll be yeah. cool. They, they could go th- you know, the full 30 days drinking water and just kind of uh, making it. do. Uh, but yeah, for me, it'd be about three he, he hours. Points out, he yeah. points out he's an old man and it's just like um, he's not going to be able to make 30 days without food. Yeah. 
and if he did get too you know too far on, he's going to be too weak to be able to do anything. So yeah. his best bet, and this is what's in game theory, this is called dominant strategy. Yeah, his dominant strategy is to tie Goring up. Yep, and do it from the start. See how long he can go without eating. Yeah, he'll try to try to hold off as long as he can, but yep. he has a feeling about sort of day seven, day eight, or something. Yeah, I think he says day eight. Yeah. He's going to have to start eating him, but it won't kill him. Just the smallest pieces he can manage. So he's yeah. kind of, but he he's not saying it in a terribly apologetic manner. No, no. But he, I think he's still a bit gleeful of the fact that he's not the one tied up, because maybe he's seen this before. Yeah. Um, maybe not his level. Maybe the level below. And it, you know, you you can think. It, look, it's disturbing, but you think about it, it's like, yeah, he's an old man. Goring's a man in his thirties. It's like if he doesn't, if he didn't tie him up. From that moment, uh, even if they work together over the next thirty days, if Gorang kind of decides, no, I'm too hungry, I'm going to eat you, like he can't overpower him; he'll be too weak, well, and this, then that's it. So you can understand the stakes. Like you can this is a uh, a little dilemma I like to present to people sometimes, which is let's say, and as inspired by that um, incident in the Andes with a football mm, team, mm. but I like the other idea. Say you're on a you're shipwrecked on an island uh, in the tropics somewhere. Uh, and it's not a friendly island. It's not, not like one of these nice coral atolls where you can just jump in the water and pick up fish mm. or something. It's, it's sort of one of these rocky crags that's maybe in the North Sea or something terrible. Yeah. Uh, tropical. But uh, you've got yourself one week of uh, non-perishable food. Mm. You know, so tin stuff, stuff that will not go off. Yep. And then you've also got... The, de- the dead bodies of the people who didn't make it ashore. So the question you've got to ask yourself is, do you go for a, you know, the week or so using, eating the, perishable, the non-perishable foods in the hope that you rescued in that time, knowing that at the end of that week, the bodies of your compatriots will be too far rotted to eat, which means that you die at the end of the week? Or do you eat the fresh meat while it's still... Healthy to eat, mm. healthy in quotation marks there, and keep the non-perishable stuff for the end, knowing that it will always be good. But the risk there is if you get picked up in the first four days, <laughs> and chomping on someone's leg, and, and you, you're munching down on a bit of leg, you know, you've, you've got human flesh drying in the sun, you know, for pres- to be yeah. preserved. You've got to now suddenly explain yourself, and they they find you've got a week's worth of food, food there, and they yeah. get, you had baked beans and and bloody. <laughs> sardines and stuff what and you, you went doing? straight for his legs so the, yeah but that's a question because you mm. you know and I've often thought about it and I was, I've wondered you know uh, I have a feeling that like most people I would eat the preserved foods yeah. first yeah. just simply because maybe at that point I, I haven't been overcome but my worry would be at the end yeah maybe you make the seven days food last ten days a bit of rationing mm. a few days after that you'd be going fuck I let my Buddies, bodies rot because in the in the movie Alive, where they crash in the yeah. Andes, they were all frozen. Yes. So there was they could they basically lasted as long as they could. Yeah. Until it was just like okay, our only hope of getting out of this valley. Yeah. Is we need food enough for the energy because they yep. they had just you know no energy. Uh. So but but that removes a bit of the dilemma because yeah, they did course. last as long as they could before they went back to the tail section. They found a little bit more food and the bodies of their buddies. Um, and then they waited a little bit longer until all the food was gone and they were down to just like 
drinking melted snow mm. and then they did it. and that's and that's totally explainable you mm. can sort of go okay you were driven to desperation yeah, and, yeah, it, yeah. and the gambit worked they got saved because they took this terrible sacrifice yeah. but yeah my thought is always uh yeah what if you yeah i mean what if it's the, what if the situation was around the other way where if you didn't eat the bodies first you'd never get to eat them yeah i think you'd i think the thing is most people wouldn't eat i wouldn't eat the body because you'd you would be really hopeful you're going to get saved. Yeah, you'd be feeling and, you'd be still full of hope, wouldn't you? Yeah, and now and you've and you are full of the fact that you've just eaten. I think you have to you have to always take that into consideration. And mm. that was what was explored in this film. It's kind of like like well, we they gorged when they were on the higher levels because they're like, well, when we're on the lower levels, it's I might have to eat your legs, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and it wasn't necessarily like people wanted to do that. Like even Trimagazi. Uh, I do think it was kind of nice how they did that in this moment. Like, yeah, he he had had him tied up. He was he couldn't get out. He he was totally stuck. He was at his mercy, um, and and he said to him, "Oh, probably after about day eight. And then he, he they kept showing you like the platform coming down and him looking and going, "Yeah, no there's food. no food. Like, there's, there's nothing here. Like, mm. it might have been day four, day five, whatever." And he 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 kept looking for food. He what he what it wasn't like he just went. Like your dilemma just then is like, well, it's day one. I'm just going to cut off a slice of your leg you know, because I need to. I need to eat. Let's he's like, I'm going to give you about a week. We'll give it about a week, you know, yeah. and, and then then I'll have to do it to yeah. live. So yeah, it was because well, he, ex- about he explained. It. Does he explain during this period, or was it in the earlier period that he survived the lower level? Yeah, without having to kill his flatmate, but rather a body dropped yes. onto the platform. Yeah, yeah. And so they, he's already eaten him previously. Ate. Yeah. Yeah, so he's. You get the feeling that yeah, he's he's not a cold blooded killer. He's he's not a great person. He's a bit of a mm. crappy sort of person. Yeah, but not without some merit. Yes, which is really good. And, and then he gets his knife out, uh, starts hunking into his stabs slowly into the the flesh of the meat, and then all the blood comes bubbling up. It's quite a bit horrible. Uh, and then he eats going, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah, that's no, it. no, wait, no, wait. The platform <laughs> is lowered, and the mother. Yes, character is woman. there and um she she takes a bit of a bit of action here doesn't she she grabs a wine bottle smashes it over him yeah and then slits his throat yeah trimagazi goes um, down for the count yeah and he, he's kind of like spluttering blood and and climbing and uh she comes over to Greg and and cuts him free and actually then just gives him the knife the knife yes. yeah the samurai uh plus. Knife. samurai plus <laughs> yes and uh, he and then he just like in a fit of rage just stabs him. Yeah, he's, multiple times. He's not happy with old no. Trimagazi, uh, no. but he's not going to just start eating just yet. So, no. but uh, this woman is patient, mm. and eventually, eventually he starts eating Trimagazi. Mm. Uh, it's it's not nice, but he does. And this woman, it's you get the feeling that the woman's sort of helping him because he actually showed some empathy. Yeah, and I'm guessing that that's a rare enough occurrence that she kind of went yeah and and we have that moment um i think you're referring to that alive story as well that movie but it's like the same here she excuse me she kind of like just cuts off a bit of flesh and like you know chomps it down and then she the same thing she cuts off another bit for a grang and he's like oh you know like he yeah. doesn't want to do it like you know and that, that again is like us as an audience going yeah we don't really want to do it like you don't really want to have to well, eat another human raw meat anyway is a yeah, bit yeah I know it's a bit uh, rough let alone still warm and the guy you're talking to just moments ago 
But she, she sort of, there's a bit of a nursing scene here, really, in a way. Yeah. And she's like nursing him out because he, he does have the leg wound. Um, he's kind of passing a bit down, con- in and out of consciousness. Obviously, there's not a lot of food. She does a bit with water. I think she like washes him a little bit. Um, and then we have this, I really like this. It's kind of like a bit of a, I think, a really good scene in this film. We cut from this back to that head chef. Uh. And he's in this like hall with, all these chefs or cooks or whatever you want to call them lined up and he's got a plate of food. Panna cotta. A panna cotta. And he's like going along and you can see he's like singling out a chef and making them, you know, they're shaking their head. And then he's like walking along. And again, you don't hear any of the dialogue. Oh, this was subtitled. Oh, was it? Yes. Oh, my says, there's nothing saying, There's a difference. There's a hair in the panna cotta. Oh, okay. A hair in the panna cotta and he's holding this little hair, like maybe because I knew it was a hair because yeah. you can't see it. And he's comparing it to people's heads mm. until he gets to the last person. Oh, well, I, I don't know. I kind of liked the way I saw it because it was a bit more Stanley Kubrick. You know, it was a bit like, he like you could, I could tell what was going on. Like he's yeah. singling around, he's got the hair, but they just had the music over playing, you know, and oh, it's this... like, it was like, I was like, oh, I like what they've done well, here. Pip, so Pip and I had a bit of a laugh at this one <laughs> as we we're watching it because it was just, it went from this scene with this guys having a cannibalizing filmway to oh yeah, there was a juxtaposition a, a like first world problem. There's a hair in the panna cotta, yeah. which is which clearly this is like a bit of a commentary, isn't it? Where where you do you complain that oh, I got my soup and it was a little bit colder than I would have preferred. <laughs> and at this at this very exact moment you're saying that there are literally people probably within twenty or fifty meters of you who are going hungry. Yeah. Uh, if not, or, or eating out of a trash can yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. And you're sitting there complaining that your soup's not as warm. It's like, oh, there was a hair on my panna cotta. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm eating a person. I didn't like the way the, the cheese melted on the beef, you know? I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> like, that raw cumin corpse was not as fresh as I would have liked. I oh, know. I yeah. like them fresh delivered. Anyway, it's a good scene. And he's like yelling, he yells at one, yells at a particular chef, doesn't he? <clears throat> um,. Then we come back to uh, Garang and he's gassed out again. Um, and in this case, when he's gassed out, Trimagazi now appears to him and says that, I am now a part of you. This is where he starts sort of quoting a bit of Catholicism. Yeah. About bit of... uh, to eat, eating the blood and drinking the... No, that's later. That's later. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah now here, but here he says to him, um, they are one because they're both murderers. Yes. He's like, so we, you know, it doesn't matter what you do. I'm now in you. I'm part of you. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, it's, it's interesting because I've seen that in other kind of horror cannibal stories where, um, like, one person does eat another, and then they're like, I'm in you now. <laughs> I think that's a very human uh, conscious fear of, like, if I ate you, it's like you're yeah. eating more. You know, you're not a cow. But you, so you're a human, like I'm a human. I'm going to eat. Like your conscious kind of comes into my. Well, that's, that's a long, long-held sort of belief. I mean, and that's sort of what the, the Christian tradition of the um, reenacting the Last Supper is, mm, is about. Yeah. That yeah. transubstantiation is that. Yeah, you're not just metaphorically taking Jesus into your life, but you yeah, are you literally, literally, <laughs> literally, eating. literally, forming <laughs> part of your body now out of Jesus' flesh. That's obvious, obviously. Obviously. Obviously you're eating Jesus, okay? 
And not um, in the good way. Yeah. Anyway, he wakes up to something far better than Jesus. It's a naked mother, the mother character on top of him. Um, far more what I would prefer. And he's... <laughs> They're kind of going for it, you know. They're having uh, some slow, passionate lovemaking, and she licks his head. But then he wakes up, and there's a dog licking his face. Um, we all have that dream every now and then, don't we? When you have a pet dog, like you're dreaming of something lovely like this, and the dog licks your ear, and you're like, "Oh yeah!" And then you wake up, you're like, "Ah, oh, fuck, fuck's sake, no. fucking dog." That hasn't happened to you, sorry. No. No. Okay. Oh, just me, I suppose. Yeah. Anyway. This case is... A, and like, I straight was like, are you, uh, are you crazy bringing a dog? Like, uh, I just thought straight away, like, someone's going to eat that dog, aren't they? Like, well, <laughs> yeah, well, he says it's, there's more sausage than dog at this point. <laughs> um, and it's the woman that interviewed him of all the people, you know, like why she came in. And she's a really... I've I got to make the note. Like she's an amazingly casted, uh, amazingly acted to be cast. She's got such a three-dimensional face this actor i thought like she was really interestingly positioned into that character you know and um they made her look you know like in the interview scene she looks like she looks like a really deformed man in a way like a man that's been through something a bit harsh but she's a woman so that kind of deforms her a bit and then yet in the cell she was more of a a woman you know it was i thought that was yeah yeah i don't know like i don't exactly know the director's intention but it was like i found it interesting i I got i got that drawn to her i got that impression that yeah she had been made uh part of the bureaucracy so she was yeah she was all of her clinical um, person you know all of her personal traits femininity or social role has been Mm. Destroyed, yep, because she's a cog in the big machine. Yeah. I think, I think, in fact, I think that, yeah. there's a comment made about cogs and machines. Yes, but then when you know she quit that job and to volunteer, like likewise, volunteer to come in mm. here. We don't really know why yeah. she volunteered to come yeah. in here, yeah, but she At kind this of point, yeah. she did. And and they're on level 33. She chose to bring her dog Ramesses the second, <laughs> which Ramstein the second. <laughs> Gorang says it's yeah, it's more sausage than dog down mm. here. So she starts doing this thing with the food being low down, like she separates some stuff onto a plate and she cries out to the people below, like, I've given you a ration, just eat what's on the ration and then tell the people below. Like she wants the rat which is what he did. He wanted mm. to do it to the start with. He never did what she did, but he that's what his initial thought was, was like if we just ration the food, we're all okay, people. Because you know, she very says quickly, there's enough calories here yeah, for to get everyone. You through. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but, they, but they disagree. They tell her to sod off. Um, but then he comes in, which is a bit of good foreshadowing about that. He, he convinces them that he will shit on their food yeah. if they don't do it. Well, see, initially they just go, yeah, whatever, and they jump yeah. on the food and they go mental. Yeah. Because you can imagine they were maybe down in the lower levels. Yeah. Yeah, earlier because and they're up level thirty four, I guess. Yeah, That's so this is good. not too bad, maybe. The food's still looking yeah. pretty good. Only sixty people above you have I, and licked I, it I, and kissed it. I have to say, I thought about it. I'd be doing the same things. You get through a month, and let's let's, for example, say that I go fast the whole way through. Yeah, yeah, you because just make it through a month. My mate and I were you know we're feeling rather monastic, and we yeah. we're just drinking the water and maybe eating some of our clothes or something. Yeah, we get up to the top level and you see the food there, and you just go, okay. I am going, it's my mission to put on as much weight yeah. as humanly yeah. possible in this month because yeah. next month 
uh, I more than likely I'm not going to get any food mm. or very very little. So I'll try and fatten myself up. Yeah. Uh, and so you'd be force feeding down the highest calorie, highest yep. nutrition items you could get in India. But yeah, there's she's setting up two plates for the people below. Eat just what's on those plates, and then set up two plates for the people below you. Mm. Which my immediate thought, if I was down there, is like, and why do you get to choose which foods I eat? Yeah, yeah. Like. Yeah, who okay, are you, man? I will have a ration, but I will choose my ration. Yeah, yeah I suppose, but she felt entitled to provide. And, and this really was one of those social commentary moments yes. of, of communism, of like, this, this is all you need. Yes. Oh, thank you for telling me everything that yeah. I need. I'm so glad yeah. you know enough to you tell me You get to that. make that decision for me. And I, and I get to choose what the next person needs. Yeah, yeah. Is, is that the way this works? I don't know why we don't just need to choose what we need. Because that's not how it works, sorry, because then they would run out. Like, that's the difference, isn't it? So it'd, be, like, it'd be a bit better, though, if you said, here's an example, right? <laughs> sim- had two minutes to do Get this, similar sorry. quantities, you know. But anyway, yeah, so, yeah, he, he basically says, I'm going to shit and mix it all into the food unless you do it. And they started obeying. They were like, ugh. And, right, he, and yeah. he sits back and, and the woman sort of goes, oh, that doesn't seem right. Yeah, well, she says, uh, it's quite a good commentary there as well like because she said something like i wanted them to decide to do yeah, the rationing spontaneously and, and not together. convince them you know like i wanted to convince them i think she says no that's right she says something like i wanted to convince them that this is like the right way to do it like ration mm. and help people and he said well i just convinced them yeah <laughs> and, and um, the, a tragedy of the common yes that's that's yeah. what the term is called tragedy right. of the common yes very but good. this is the exact thing isn't it is that the plate of food is the commons. Mm. And without someone there sort of saying, look, I'm going to mess it all up for everyone unless you follow some rules. Yeah. Then, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of a bit extreme situation. Oh, yeah. You course. can imagine in, in a real-life situation, it'd be a, a slower, more gradual degradation mm. than, you know, someone jumping in and destroying yeah. it in the first go. Of course. But it makes for a better movie this way. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, then uh, for him and this woman... Uh, the food is lowered down another day and the mother character appears. This time she's bloodied and bruised. Um, so he quickly, you know, helps her and he gets in, uh, gets the other woman to help out and they kind of lower her into the bed and mm, you know, they nurture bad. her. They nurture her a little bit. Um, and then the next day he kind of wakes up and the, they're, the, they're fighting a bit. It's just arguing and um, the mother has ripped this little sausage dog's sausages outside. <laughs> like it is, it's not just like, I thought, I thought, it, I thought he's, you're going to see that that dog's been eaten, but no, it's, it was stripped of its guts, wasn't it? it was, yeah. I, I didn't really even see the dog. I was anymore. unsure as to why she did that. Yeah. I think, yeah. Anyway. Mate, but then again, she's been riding that table for a few months yeah. at least. And she rides, she rides the table off again. And this is where the woman tells her that, he says, well, she's doing this because she's searching for her child. Um, and she says, there's actually no child. No child is allowed in under right. 16. Well, she goes on to say that mother is not a mother. She's, yeah, she's an actress. Yeah. And she wanted to do a photo shoot of Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe. Monroe. Yeah. Nearly said Marilyn Manson. I'm like, yeah. Well, she's kind of looking that way now yeah, in the pit, is. isn't it? But, but yeah, Marilyn Monroe or something rather. And that's what she's going to get when she comes out. She'll be the next Marilyn Monroe. Mm. Which sounds like one of those sort of fantasy requests. So he's just yeah. getting a degree yeah. and she's going to get this like 
career. Yeah. I was like, but, which made me sort of think, you just asked for a degree. Don't, like, mm. you didn't, but I, it doesn't which, seem which like it's all seems thing, isn't it? Because it's kind of a bit similar back to Trimagazi because he was like, oh, what? I'm in here because I'm forced to be in here. They owe me a degree because you're going to get it. Like you've got it, but you you negotiated better. And then now it's like, oh, this person's even negotiated better than me. Yeah, <laughs> and but, they're misbehaving worse than me. You know. But then who knows? Like, so now you're going. Okay, so she's just a, actually a nutcase. Yeah. Who just totally lost her marbles. Yeah. But I wondered about that at the time because. You know, she recognised that Goring tried to help her and, and yeah. she helped him. Yes. And, uh, you know, he helped her this time. She did then just rip a dog to pieces. But you mm. don't yeah, know yeah. why. Because my, my thought now is that she, the mother, recognised the administration woman. Yeah, and thought... And no, was no. like, you took my child. child. I'm going to take I'm your take dog. your child. Yeah. So, and suddenly that does make a bit more sense why she would have yeah. done that. Um, so the mother is gone now and she also tells her, uh, Goring that she's actually dying and that's why she came in oh, that's and she, she has, you know, she opens her chest and she's got all these like lacerations over her chest. Um, and, um, yeah, the, and yeah, he, he, so then he starts to actually do rations. Yeah. Like, it, you know, he starts to like go with it. Um, the idea of uh, rations. She also explained though, that this is a referred to as the self oh. oh yeah that's right oh what was it it was a good old you know what was funny about that was uh, it was like a good old government acronym wasn't it you know it it's self like correcting because he's like it's the pit and she's like it's the i've got it right here i'm gonna let's see what it is it's the um Ah, uh, there we go. The VSMC. That's it. Which is the Vertical Self Management Center. That's <laughs> the vertical ver- Self Management Center. Yeah. Center. The, the 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 idea that well, she puts true, forward actually. is that uh, people will spontaneously cooperate. Yeah. Presumably because they all realize they're in the same situation together, and the only way that they're all going to be able to get out of it well is if they all work together, mm. which is clearly something that. We all tell each other all the time that we're all in this together and we need to work well together in order for us all to get by. But the reality is some people don't do that. No. So anyway, he, he kind of agrees. He puts them on rashes and then he's gassed out again. Well, he finds he, his snails. That's right. His favourite oh, right. yeah, food snails. is the snails. He goes, oh, look, they didn't eat the snails. Yes. Um, so he puts them on the rations. Yes. Like as if he's doing them a favour. And yeah. so then you're probably going to find a lot of people don't like snails. <laughs> Um, I want to come back to the snails later because the snail references in this film is really interesting. Um, but anyway, he wakes up at level 202 and she's hung herself. Yes. That's, I know. That, that would be the hard thing. That you're, you're on level 33, so it's not too bad. You wake up and you're thinking, please be at 200. She'd also said there's only 200 levels. Yeah. So how many levels are there? Because he's looked down this hole and it's just, it just disappears in the dark. Yeah. And she says, there are 200 levels, yeah. in matter of fact. And so here he wakes up, it's level 202, and the pit continues down. Mm. So clearly, first of all, she's lost her pet dog. Yeah. And she's woken up and she's realized that what she'd been told is a lie. Mm. So she thought there were 200, 200 levels. levels. And she worked in the administration, so yeah. she would have reason to believe that her knowledge was That's good. Right. Yep. But here they were, two levels below where they should have been maxed mm. out. Mm. She had no dog. 
and yeah, I I just think that she offed herself. Yes, I'm not even <clears> sure. <throat> Maybe she also thought she was helping Gorang. Yeah, well, then we we have this kind of montage uh, kind of scene of him and. Trimagazi and her, and this is what you mentioned before. There's a lot of references to Jesus. Mm. She, he's sort of saying, "Well, you've got to just eat her to survive," and she's like saying, "Well, you're the one. You should eat the flesh and the drink the blood, yeah. like like Jesus." And yeah, there's a big reference there to Catholicism, isn't there? Yes. Do what you um, can, must to survive. Yep. And um, he starts to go a little bit mad and Trimagazi gives him the knife and tells her to cut her, cut her to pieces and eat her. Um, and he's kind of like thinking it through, isn't he? And then he sort of starts to do it. And then he, then he wakes up on level six. Level six. Woo-hoo. Yeah. That's where that's going to be some good food there. Mm. And there's a black man, Barath, and he has a big chunky rope. In the subtitles, who is Baharat? Okay. I'm, I, it's just what I could hear. Okay. But anyway, that's fine. Um, and he wants to climb up and out, and he says it to him, and he says, start screaming to the couple yeah, above. Yeah, I've never been like, this close. Yeah, I've never been this close. You know, if you just let me come up, then I'll climb up to the next level, the next level, and I'll, I'll be you free. Uh, and again, there's a bit of reference to God. You know, like yeah. he's saying, God has talk, spoken to me, um, and this couple above are a bit shy about it, and then they kind of, like, question him. Uh, they go off, and they kind of whisper about some things. They come out, Sure. And uh, so he throws a rope up and he starts climbing up and he's very happy. He's going to see God and he's going to get out. Uh, <laughs> and he just gets to that point where he's like right on the next platform. Give he's me lifting, your hand. Oh, give us a hand. Give us a hand. And the woman just sticks her ass over and shits on him. Yeah, he's a little <laughs> log. Oh, my God. Sorry. I don't know about you, but I was just like, what the? This is. Hits him on the face. Yeah. And he slides off. And, and he, he slides falls and falls down. And it's a slippery shit. That's Lands right. on the edge. And, yep. And teaches. his rope then flies down behind him and it's going to pull him over. And good old Gran grabs him. Grabs him, pulls him yeah, back in. Saves him. But he's lost his rope. And he's lost his hope. He's lost his only chance of being able to get up higher <laughs> in life. Higher in the, yeah, in higher the social up ladder. Higher system. Um, and of course, the dumb thing is here, there was no real cost to the people above him to no. pull him up. No. Because had they pulled him up, they still had the same amount of food. Yep. And indeed, if they could convince the people above him to go up, they could all climb up. Yeah. And all of them would be able to climb up up to the top there. And then perhaps at yep. level one, I'm not sure what he was hoping to do there. See, that's, that is the interesting thing. And I mean, I think it's a question. This film is like, and Gorang started the film questioning it. The woman talks about it. Here's another example of it. It's like, no one wants to help anyone else below them. That's mm. what the film keeps saying, isn't it? Like, no, we're just going to shit on your food. We're going to piss on your food. We're going to piss. We're going to shit on you. Well, you no, know, no, like, but they they said that yeah, we'll help you. We'll help you. Yeah. And now it's going to be funny. So, uh, uh. yeah. But <laughs> so, the problem is everyone's a little bit mad here, and yeah. you've got to think they're sitting there going, yeah, we'll help him up here. But how do we know he's not going to come and kill like, us? Like chuck us yeah. off the level here yeah. and just live here, or. Mm. You know, who knows? Or maybe they're they're totally mad, and like, mm. this is their chance of a bit of fun. Like they had yeah. a bit of discussion. Perhaps they're like, "Should we do it? Yeah, but what? Oh, you know, what? I got to do a bog. Yeah, that's funny. That I haven't seen funny in a long time. Yeah, that's right. This It'd be funny be, if you shat on him. We haven't yeah. had a good laugh because <laughs> I mean, who knows what level they're on before level that's five? Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Grain says. He wants to get food to the bottom. 
because this is a way that we can break the mechanics yeah, of the system. He's going to make people only take what they need. Yeah. And yeah, also it gets all the way to everyone. So everyone's yeah. going to get food and then everyone will see that it can work. Yeah. Because everyone has been, pretty much everyone yeah. has been somewhere down the bottom yeah, yeah. at some point. So, and, and I think it's a good idea because if, yeah, if you could ride down there and make sure that even the people at like level 202 mm. yeah. got could, the food. Got something, yeah. Then, yeah, you to go, ah, oh, you, you appear down there and you sort of think, this could work. And you see people come down, they give you a bit of food and you, and you don't have to do all the violence and stuff. Mm. It's like you would break the system. Yeah, it would. The other interesting thing here, of course, is when we're talking about you know, socialism, communism, these sorts of concepts, is this exact things. The, um, uh, the, the, the woman, the, the administrator, she was purely interested in what would be called like pure communism, lowercase yeah. c communism, yeah. which is that the food is a common good owned by everyone mm. and everyone only takes, you know, voluntarily only takes what they need and, yeah. and everyone gets what they need. Yeah. The, re- the reality as we see there is that it only takes one person mm. to decide they need a little bit more. Yep. Because let's face it, you don't know really what the other person needs and, yep. and, and, you, and so on. And so then you move off the lowest case C communism, the communism that the communist countries around the world have actually implemented, which is totalitarian government with a mm. communist uh, economy. Yeah. Which because you need the guys on the platform carrying big poles mm. saying, that's how much you need. Yes. And if you think you need more, I'm going to stave your skull in. Yeah. You know, and, and enforce it. Mm. And yeah, so that it's really, it really is this sort of interesting demonstration. And, and that's exactly how it has happened in mm. reality every yeah. time. There's people start out when I think once you get above a certain size community, you simply can't have communism mm. because nobody knows everyone well enough. Like in a family. Yep. You're basically a communist. Yep. Like I give my kids food as yep. much as I think that they need. Yep. They don't get to just choose willy nilly what they eat, how often they eat, you know, whether they play the Xbox all day or watch YouTube. I decide that. You're the dictator. But at the same time, they're satisfied with it. that's what they know. Mm. And they're happy with it. So it works in a small situation like that. And certainly I've been on camping trips, I've lived in group houses and things yeah. where that sort of communist model works yep. because there's few enough of you that you can easily negotiate one-on-one with everyone yeah. and work out how it's all going to work. And I don't know what the size limit would be, but I, I have heard the number of 150. Uh, once a community goes above 150, it can no longer self-govern mm. and it needs to have... There's, there's obviously some wiggle room here when I say needs, and I should, but above 150, yeah. that's, that's been the observed average of once a community is above that, you need to have a centralised governing body to uh, adjudicate and administer rules. Below that, they can sort of work it out amongst themselves mm. equitably or relatively equitably. Yep. So anyway, interesting. So they're going down the levels. They're going to... The first 50 floors, every other level will get food. Mm. So it's like Ramesses. Now, I think this is what it was, it was idea of Ramesses was getting sharing the food every other day. So the first yeah. 50 levels, every other floor would get their food yeah. just to make sure that below the level 50 would actually get some food because yeah. that's where you'd start getting payoff. 
Yes. Because down at level 50, they were getting food. Like he was on level 48, yeah. they yeah. had food. Still and you scraps. could see that for the next couple of levels down at least. Uh, and then on alternate days, the other levels would get it. They have, the, they have these moments as they're going down that, you know, they threaten some people, people cower. Yeah, and then they have a few people go, no, you know, who are you guys? Like, you, who, who the hell do you think you are? And they kind of they're having this sheer violence, weren't they? Where oh, someone was reaching, they were just like banging them on the head with the oh, with fully metal. Cracked it. Well, yeah. the, the advantage of doing it that way is you've got fewer people to feed. That's right. <laughs> so, until the next month, and everyone gets replacements. But and so they get to this level where there's a old black man in a wheelchair, um, and he actually questions their well, he recognises. Uh, uh, Barra, yeah, but he, but so he questions that he, he he questions that what they're doing is noble, but the best way would be to get a message back to the top, mm. and that would be the panacotta, the panacotta, <laughs> which is a cool like it was such a cool idea. So it's like get the goal you have got to go all the way to the bottom and feed as many people as you can. But then you're going to go all the way back up with the panna cotta and kind of shove that back up their ass. Yeah, I mean, and this is going again a bit of a religious theme here. Yeah. And it's one of the things I do like about this movie a lot is it sort of swings between uh, sort of personal motivations through to these um, economic, social, political kind of arrangements and, and metaphors, but then also this religious every now and then. Because mm. you'd imagine this is the same thing, this... If there's one perfectly untouched, pure bit of food mm. that gets back up to heaven, then you know that will be a message that says we have, you know, um, conquered under- the system, yeah. understood the system. We, we've we've worked it, and and that's a bit of that sort of you know Jesus saviour arrangement coming yeah. down and returning to heaven as the pure spirit. Yes. Um. So they've got that plan now, and they, they so they continue on, um, and they get to a level, but it, they get to a level that they were expecting it to end, weren't they? And then it keep it keeps going down. <laughs> level two fifty, because they asked <laughs> someone else how far it goes down. Yeah. Two hundred fifty. Yeah. So they they but it keeps going, and this is where they're sort of noticing dead bodies. And when there's dead bodies on a level, the food actually doesn't stop. Oh yeah, it's two fifty because like, he counted how yeah, long it took it, for yeah. it before it came back up again. Yeah. And worked out 250 is about it. Yes. But then they discover, yeah, it, yeah. it bypasses, bypasses and stops. Yeah, if there's people dead on a level. And so you're seeing these dead bodies. Um, and then it it stops. It's coming down and there's a level there where Mother is there and she's being beaten to death by this big man who's, you know, attacking her. So Goran attacks. He brutally beats this man. There's a really good, you know, like thumping this man in the head about 30 times in there. Um and uh, Bor- Borath, Bor- yeah, Borath. Borath. Yeah, I was calling Borath. Like, as long as partner, you know Borath. Something like that, Borath. He jumps off because there's another guy in the cell. Um, with a samurai they, sword. With a samurai sword. So they start fighting and he, he gets cut like really badly by the samurai sword, but he fights this man like he grabs the sword. That good old trick, you know, like yeah. cutting your hands apart. Um, and at the same time, Gorang, the guy he's fighting, kind of then overpowers him and starts beating the living daylights out of him. Um, and just probably on, you know, inches away from death, um, Barath kind of overpowers the man that he was fighting, kills him and slices the head off 
the dude and, that and was the blood beating. spurts out of the neck. Yeah, the, now, I gotta say the that beating Gorang. That must be an homage to those 80s sort of slasher yeah, movies. It is. The number of times someone would lose their head and their body would sit there and then you just get a little fountain of blood yeah. coming out the top. <laughs> Beautiful. Why not? Um, and very, very evil dead. It is very evil dead, isn't it? And um, But what they then, Gorang looks at is that mother is also dead. She's yeah, she's gone. She didn't quite make it. No. And so then they, they climb back on. They've got to climb back on quickly because it's descending again. And um, it's still going down. Um, and we have this kind of now, it's beyond 250 and we're, it's going down levels where there's bodies cut in half and there's burnt bodies. And it goes past the level with nobody. Yeah, there's like no one It was in just there. totally empty. Like yep. and the beds are made yep. like they're unused. That's right. Um, there was like someone eating another person. Then there was a guy with lots of money. Yeah, it's just a big pile right, of money, and, and he looks like he's going to offer it, and then he grabs it and rolls over. Rolls over, back hides. over, yeah. And you're like, um, what are you hiding? That yeah, I know it's honestly. weird. And then they come in down into three, 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 and they're like, oh, this must be it, and it stops. It doesn't keep descending, um, and they notice that then there is a child under the bed. Yeah. So there's a small child. Um, she sort of, uh, you know, you can see, recognize that they've made her look a bit more like the mother. Um, genetically and um, yeah they they kind of then debate about she's probably really hungry they've got the panna cotta um, and Barath did, doesn't want to give her he's the going panna, the, the panna cotta is the message message we've got to hold on to this and the child know. is the message the, yeah yeah and so then they feed the little girl and they that actually makes them feel good the yeah. fact that this little girl was happy and then that's when they decide the girl is the message, yes. the child is the message. <sighs> anyway, Gorang passes out, night, 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 day and night come, whatever. And when he wakes up, Barath is dead. Yeah. He's, he's bled to dead he's overnight. Bled he's bled out. Um, and the platform comes back down, I think. It must, it must have. Yeah. It's the next day. Um, so it's going to enter Gorang and the girl hop on it. And it descends into this massive tunnel of darkness, doesn't mm, it? Yeah, the you know, big chasm, cavern Yeah, that deal. sort of style. And it goes all the way to the bottom. Um, and he gets off. And out of the darkness comes good old Trimagazi. He's yeah. back, the ghost. And he says that, well, you've brought her here, which is great. Um, and he goes, no, I've got to, I'm going to take her. She's the message. And he's, he goes... But you're not the message. Yeah, you, you know, you're not needed. You're not needed. Um, and so he departs the platform. He walks off with Trimagasi. And yeah, and they d- they just kind of talk off, walk away, discussing whether she will succeed. And they say, well, she will. She is the message. Mm. And then the platform shoots up. Shoots up. And we get like just, I guess we sort of get a bit of a shot of her lying on this platform as, as it's it descending. speeds upwards. And that's it. Yes. Credits. Credits roll. And then everyone starts asking, what? What? Well, she is the message, so yeah, it's Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. And to so, me, yeah. it's fine. And this, this <laughs> is the beautiful thing about this, this film is it, it leaves you with, uh, you could call it a happy ending. It does. But at the same time, it's kind of, uh, it's a non-traditional happy ending because, yeah. uh, you know, Goreng didn't go uh, and the mother never found the child. We didn't actually find out whether she was the child's mm. mother. And even Gorang, it's like, I think him, I think Trimagazi says, doesn't he say, oh, we can, I can't remember the exact line, but it's like, we can search the earth for 
or life's answers or something, you know, some sort of metaphoric kind mm. of wank that he says to him. It's like, but is, then, is he just stuck in that dark cave? Well, the, the other question like, is... Is there no way out? Was there even a child yeah. at all? Yeah. Is he, he still just, just lying unconscious on the platform yeah. holding a panna cotta? Yeah. That, like, <laughs> you know, because it seems like we've been told basically this mother yeah. didn't have a child. That's right. And the administrator was, was certain there was no children un, you know, allowed in here. Yeah. And so you've got to wonder, have we, have we moved into his being? Because he got terribly beaten by that fellow. And so you've got to wonder then, you know, is, he, is this sort of like a symbology that he's seeing yeah. in his, you know, to justify himself? In his unconscious his state, yeah. Uh, I like to think that it actually was Yeah, I like child. to think it was. Because it was. I think the whole, and, and the reason I'm going to justify that is because the whole, the whole experiment, the whole vertical self-managed containment system is weird enough that it must be some kind of a human experiment. Yeah. Goring even makes it sense where, it's, um, where she says, uh, it's seeing if we can spontaneously cooperate, come yeah. together. And, and Goring, makes, Goring makes the point, he says, oh, that's so they know how to defeat it. Yeah. You know, so they know how to stop it. Yeah. You know, which is sort of a cynical take, but it does give that feeling of this containment system there's it it has prisoners in there it has volunteers in there Mm. uh who are being promised various Mm. things and and the other thing sorry is that that admin officer well she was lied to anyway because she said she said there was 200 floors and in fact there's 333 floors three 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 two people on each just because she says that story about the mother and about children not allowed well maybe that's just the bullshit that she was well, that's the thing. Yeah. Like that's, that's... So there's holes in her story. Anyway. So it does, I like to think that there was the child down yeah, there. Yeah, I and do he did too. This because the whole thing does have that feeling of being, yeah, some sort of weird, elaborate um, experiment. Social experiment. To, yeah. to study these things because there were prisoners in there. So you could sort of say, okay, it's, it's a bit of a, a cruel punishment. Oh, yeah. But it is a prison system. And the other people are volunteers who are willingly and knowing like he... They're willingly knowing they're going into the system. They clearly didn't know the details of what goes on there. But, yeah, they're just, I don't, I don't know what sort of promises are being told, whatever. But, yeah, it's its a very, very powerful sort of thing. And the administration, likewise, we don't know if it's actually government administration. Yeah, no. He said no. it's so that they, he reckons it's so they would know how to defeat self-cooperation. Yeah. So it could have been a private organization yeah, doing like science experiment science and that's where i, I draw uh, similarities with the cube yeah because in yeah. in the cube and sorry if this is spoilers for people who haven't seen it but it's a prison stop now and go and watch it yes go watch <laughs> the cube it's uh well worth it uh it's got a couple of annoying parts to it i gotta say with but that's what you're going to expect when people are being brutally murdered yeah. in torture traps you're going to find a few of them there we used to go that was an annoying death mm. but maybe that's the point but the cube was a prison system, which and one of the prisons in there uh, was one of the designers. He designed a part of the cube, yeah. And it's revealed that he didn't know what he was designing. Mm. He only knew now that he's in the cube yeah. that he designed some of this. Yeah, he was given a, a design specification for a very small part, yeah, which he did, and he handed on, and it got amalgamated into some other design. Yeah. He said there was a whole department filled with people, each designing some little bit. 
And had they, you know, had he known that it was designed a little bit for the cube, then maybe he would have thought otherwise. Of course, it was pointed out to him, well, you had to wonder why you were designing things in the first place. Like, mm. you, you did kind of ignore this. Yeah. And this system, this pit, reminds me of that in that yes, you've got this definitely. administration where different levels of administration themselves possibly mirror the pit. Yes. You know, she was yeah. mid, above midway, yeah. perhaps. Level 33. Oh, yeah, high enough up there to know certain things, things about the food and mm. some rules, but she didn't know all of it. Yeah, and yeah, it's just got that that bureaucracy hiding things for the sake of it does, or, or even just for the fact that it's too complicated for any one person to know the whole yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I definitely think the ending was largely what it was. I don't know what the outcome of uh, child. I'm surprised nobody else... I guess the reason nobody else has gone down... Yeah, I don't know. Because you've got to think, if you woke up down on level 200 or something, but maybe they, it's not totally random. Maybe they keep people in the upper levels enough that they're always looking down. It's just this pit going down. They can mm. only imagine it's just a continuous horror. Yeah. Because if you woke up at level 300 and, yeah, there's no one above you and there's, like, dead people on... The first time this thing's come down, you kind of go, well, just check it out. Maybe I should just go down. I'm going to go down. Uh, and then it's got to come back up. So I just got to go down and survive for a bit. Uh, so surely there would have been other people attempting this. Mm. But I guess that's why the girl was an important message. Yeah. Because, yeah, sure, some bloody, tired, savage prisoner holding a steel bar popping up there would be like, oh, prisoners, get them. Yeah, a, a child obviously could not survive down there mm. appearing. Might make people go, hey, what the hell's going on down in this pit? Yes. Uh, I don't know. I wonder what the chefs were thinking. <laughs> they're, they're just setting out this lavish thing. Um, not knowing that it's going down. Yeah, do they know pit? that that's, that's the pit? Nah. Or do they think that there's just a couple of levels? Or, yeah. or do they think there's just a banquet hall? Banquet hall, yeah. Who knows? I don't know. So where does it come in then on your ladder, sorry? So for me, I, I'm, it's, it's bouncing up into my fifth position on my regular oh, ladder. Oh, it's a big one. It is a big one. So it comes in after I Am Mother and above Interstellar for me. So it's I, I just really enjoyed this film. This was a very enjoyable science fiction film. Had me thinking, had me terrified, it had me kind of fearful for the people but then I started thinking about the the sort of hypocrisy of this government system or this admin company and and some of the parallels to the social context like we've talked about so far like communism and democracy and yeah I just, I just liked so many of those factors in this film so yeah. for me it's yeah it's a it's a one right up the top there so it comes in under uh, after I am mother and and ahead of interstellar for me how about you Number five as well, oh, just just below Snowpiercer. Yep. You can see uh, there's a lot of parallels with Snowpiercer as well. Yes. There's a train yeah, there system. Is, yeah, yep, yep. Uh, the and, class system. And passengers. So number five there. And, that, mm. and that's because I see a lot of different ways you can enjoy this film. Yep. So I watched it with my wife. This was her second time watching it. Mm. So, yeah, she was willing to watch it a second time. I could see it would be a movie that you could – you could sit there uh, with a couple of beers with your mates and yep. discussing how what you would do in, in various situations, what items you'd take down. You know, you could have that kind of 
conversation going yep. on, uh, which would and, and every scene, every level I get to, there's sort of a new conversation that can be had. Mm. But you can also watch it, uh, you know, on your own as, as a bit of a uh, you know psychological horror. Yep. Akin to like 1984 has, has that same. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, 1984 is, is billed as a science fiction, but I, I would classify it definitely as a horror. I haven't read the book. If you haven't read the book of 1984, then you have to because all these references people make to 1984 and today's world being like Big Brother, just a bit wrong. Yeah. Thankfully. Yeah. Oh, it's but, a killer book. That book, like, but literally, it, yeah, it's, really it's, it's a bit of a horror and many things there. So yeah, I can see this movie can be watched at different in different mind states, yes, different levels. I agree. In different contexts, and mm-hmm. each of them will give you something. Yeah. And at the end of it, you've got. Like I said, it's a it's a happy ending basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's thought provocative because it's not full closure. Like, no, you don't see her get up and then, you know, the god emperor goes, "Oh no, what has been going on? My yeah, pit yeah. has been turned to the wrong purposes." Ah, oh, yeah, that's it. Close it down. Everyone's free. Let's, you know, yeah, that, let's yeah. overhaul the whole system. You know? And and even it's a reasonably happy ending because Gorang. It's not like he gets he is you don't actually see him brutally murdered or something for the savior to to rise. You know what I mean? No, like no, he, he, he just wanders off into the dark. Now, when you really then start intellectualizing that, you could think, oh, has he gone off into the abyss? Like, is that literally what he's doing? Does he never get out of this place for the sake of the fact that he's not the message and she she might bring this whole thing down, but he's like off in the abyss. And as you said, you don't even know if he's actually subconsciously thinking this because Trimagazi is dead yeah. and yet he's walking off with him. So is he, is he actually dead? You know, like, um, so, so it's a, it's kind of bleak, but not done in that bleak way suddenly at the end. So, which, which I think the film needed that because so much of this film's quite dark. Yeah. So what about the science? What do you want to pick on with the science? Oh, well, I've sort of talked about the political science a little bit. Yeah. But- um, there's a couple of things. So, uh, the science of altruism mm. and hierarchy of needs is very interesting. Yeah, yeah. The question is constantly asked: Are humans innately altruistic? Will we? Uh, are we? Yeah. Have we evolved essentially to be genetically predisposed right. to helping people, despite the cost to ourselves? Right. Or are we inherently selfish? Mm. And yeah, there, there's camps on both sides. But there's interesting research which indicates yeah, it's a slightly more nuanced um, situation. Yeah, right. So I've got... Yeah, I was, I've, you know, you said it a little bit earlier, really makes you think this film about like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Like Because, yeah. again, in this film it's like food, we need food. But like, yeah, even that dilemma you said before, it's like, yeah, but am I selfish enough to eat other people when there is perif- perishable foods, you mm. know, or sort of non-perishable foods, baked beans, should I eat someone's leg or should I just eat the baked beans? You know what I mean? Or, or should I actually not eat anything for three or four days and then eat the baked beans? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's interesting. How many months? Yeah, because, yeah, you can you can go a month on just water. Yeah, you can. You, you wouldn't can. want to. No, you wouldn't want to. But you'd want to make sure you didn't end up on another level where you had to go without food. Yeah. Because you would be too weak to do anything. Mm. So, yeah, it'd be fine. Go the month without food if you woke up then level six and then you're getting the good food and you can like just basically push your face into a cake. <laughs> and 
you know, put on weight, I don't know, we could probably put on like five, six kilos yeah, every could. month. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I could probably put on 10 kilos every month if my past track record is going to go well. But yeah, so anyway, there's uh, Molly Crockett. Uh, I don't have what Molly's uh, professional. Um, oh, if she's out there listening, then she can let us know. Yeah, Molly, get, get in touch. Anyway, starts answering some questions about some research regarding uh, altruism. So, at the University College of London, uh, Molly addressed a question uh, about altruism. And what they're really interested in doing is quantify how much people care about others relative to themselves. Right. So, a lack of concern for others' suffering uh, lies at the heart of many psychiatric disorders, such as you know, psychopathy and uh, so on. And so, trying to find a, uh, a way of measuring it or a mechanism of it kind of useful so what she did is brought in 80 pairs of volunteers to a lab and put them in different rooms and lowered a table of, no she didn't lower a table of food. so they couldn't see or talk to each other and they drew lots to determine who would be the decider and who would be the receiver the decider then made a series of decisions between different amounts of money and different amounts of moderately painful electric shocks the decider always received the money but sometimes the shocks were for the decider and sometimes the shocks were for the receiver. Now, the decider knew whether the shock would be given to the other person or they got them. So they'd get the money. So it would be like, uh, hey, Mark, here's $10. You'll get the $10 if someone gets an electric shock. And this time, the electric shock is for Surrey. Do you take the $10? Definitely. And you take go, it, yep. Surrey. And you're okay, here's $5. And it's for you. Would you do it? Yes or no, sort of thing. And so what they found on yes. average, <laughs> what they found on average, that people were willing to sacrifice about twice as much money to prevent another person from being shocked than to prevent themselves from being shocked. <laughs> so for example, they would give I'm up eight pounds to prevent 20 shocks to another person. So that's, that's the thing. So it'd be like, Mark, here's eight pounds, like about, let's call it $20. 20 bucks, yeah. Here's 20 bucks. And we'll give 20 electric shocks to Surrey. And supposedly, Mark would say, well, that kind of doesn't sound worth yeah, it. Nah. But if it was, here's $10 uh, and we'll give you 20 shocks, then the person would go, uh, yeah, okay, I can take that. Yeah. And they'd yeah. get the money. So yeah, what they're, what they're saying fun, is yeah. that they'd be more willing to take on pain themselves mm. than to hurt other people, which yep. is nice. That's it's yep. a nice thing. And so they've got a bit of um, my you know, media coverage on this. And so Molly's going to answer a couple of these questions. So here's the frequently asked questions about this experiment. Uh, we'll just go past that. About uh, yeah, She had to answer questions about the pain and ethics committees and things, you know. Yeah. <laughs> apparently you're not allowed to just torture people these what? days. So... Do your results prove that altruism is hardwired or innate? Nope. Our experiment can say nothing about the extent to which altruism in, is innate versus learned. Addressing this question is quite difficult to prove because a uh, given behavior to be innate, uh, you'd need to find someone who has no experience. And so they do, there are some studies on infants because a little three-year-old, a three-month-old baby uh, has, for example, shown a preference for helpful characters rather than harmful ones. Mm -hmm. And you can imagine a three-month-old hasn't really had much time to learn a lot of experience. But this experiment was for 18 to 35-year-old. So 
they could well have you know grown up in a culture yeah that promotes this and they said asked whether they knew they were being observed and they said well there was a double blind so the people just had id numbers and nobody knew who was what and the results that they tallied weren't against people or against these id numbers and no one knew who had the id number so you got an id number secretly a random assigned to you in your app for example yep. you went into a room and you clocked in with that number so now they know that room the results coming out of that go to that id but they don't know which person has gone into yeah. that room yeah yeah but they also then there's some other experiments there where the people were given the opportunity to donate an amount of money to charity and keep some of the money themselves so they're being observed so you'd expect then if it's an observation sort of thing that yeah they'll give more money to charity but they actually found that, that people were keeping on average 80 percent of the money for themselves so not that charitable mm. and then the question is do your results prove that altruism actually exists so she points out that lab experiments are not necessary to demonstrate the existence of altruism we've got plenty of examples of that you can observe it easily uh, one question however is to what extent altruistic behaviors are motivated by a true concern for well-being of others versus more self-serving motives such as the desire to boost one's reputation or even the pleasant feeling that results from being kind although personally me sorry hughes i would argue that the fact that we feel good about being kind is an innate response to promote kindness yeah in a species which because there's benefit to the group for people to be kind to each other right yeah Although I'm fairly so, although Molly says that she's fairly confident that the volunteers in our recent study were not making altruistic choices out of concern for their reputation, we cannot rule out the possibility that they behaved altruistically in order to avoid feeling guilty or to feel good about themselves, rather than because they truly cared about the suffering of others. But it, is it even worth asking the question of whether true altruism actually exists? And that's interesting. So there's a Stanford neuroscientist called Jamil Zaki who says attempts to identify true altruism often boil down to redacting motivation from behavior altogether. The story goes that in order to be pure, helping others must disassociate from personal desire. But it is logically fallacious, because, you know, that's a cool word. That is sounds, a cool word. Sounds a bit naughty. <laughs> to think of any human behavior as amotivated. De facto, because, let's see, he's a scientist, he says things like that. When people engage in action is because they want to. Second, critics of impure altruism chide helpers for acting in human ways, for instance, by doing things that feel good. The ideal then seems to entail acting altruistically while not enjoying those actions one bit. Uh, to me, that is no ideal at all. I think it's profound and downright beautiful to think that our core emotional makeup can be tuned towards others, causing us to feel good when we do. Color me selfish, but I'd take that impure altruism over de-innovated floating ideal any day. And that is the point, isn't it? So we have this concept called virtue signaling, mm. which is where you're seen to be doing the correct thing according to society yeah. in order to gain reputation and so forth. But if that results, for, for example, let's say... Um, uh, we're talking about Warren Buffett before the podcast, mm. and and he's uh, evidently giving up all of his money. He, he's got some trust fund for his kids, so they're not going without. But they don't need. He's argued they have no need for eighty billion dollars. Mm. That's more money than any one person needs. 
Yep. So he's going to give that away to various charities and so various charitable ways. And he's been accused of virtue seeking. Like right. he's just he's just doing that to make it like okay. So he's his old man and he's come to the end yeah. of his life, and now he's trying to buy forgiveness type of thing. Yeah. But the argument here that this um, Jamil fellow has said is basically: Does it really matter if if him giving away his money? He's, he's doing that in order for him to self to feel good. Mm. He's think, well, that's that's doing that's it. That's the system working. Yeah, it is. That's the system because why would you? Well, you've got to be altruistic, which means you've got to do something, even though you don't like it at all. But you're helping someone because you don't like it. That yeah. it becomes this weird. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. No, that's like no. a computer could be programmed to provide assistance. To someone, and the computer obviously has no emotional feeling one way or the other. But humans aren't going to work that yeah, way. Yeah, and I mean, in the case of Warren Buffett, if if he's getting, cl- you know, he feels like, oh, as I'm getting closer to being too old, I might die. I want to give away all my wealth. I mean, isn't that kind of kind anyway? Like, even if it's sprouted to the whole world, like, yeah, if, he if, could decide to go, nah, stuffy, I'm going to like burn it or put it in a gold, I'm going to build a huge gold temple for myself like the pharaohs did, you know, put me in a coffin with all my jewels. So, Warren, if you're listening, we could do with some of that money. Yeah, Space Brains could have a little ejection of cash. Space Brains, we could run some science fiction film festivals. Yes, we could. And I've got my eye on a golden temple. Yes, a small uh, one, a moderate, yeah. moderate size. Well, we could take some of that money and get like homeless people, unemployed people, and give them jobs to run the festivals with us and stuff like that. Yes, share the wealth rather than or a run temple. pain experiments. Yeah, apparently that's ethical. Like the platform, <laughs> we could build the platform, Warren. Whoa, <laughs> that would be a good legacy. Wouldn't yeah, it? You could sell, <laughs> you could tickets. You could sell tickets to the platform. You know. Well, yeah, you could, you could like, yeah, sell the ultimate in. Movie going experience. People would sell the experience of the platform. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like they experience what it is in that movie. People would probably prefer like other movies, like maybe romantic comedies or yeah. They, well, of course, people would go straight to porn. Like, to porn. But you know, like some people out there, once they got past porn, then they'd start going. What would it be like to be at Jurassic Park? What would it be like to be in the platform? What would it be like to be Total Recall? But know, we would only do it? Saw and the platform yeah, and it. Event Horizon. Yeah. Yeah, a total recall, I reckon. Total plant, recall. Plant the memories of being going to Mars or whatever. Harry. <laughs> Harry, I'm going to total recall. That's right. <laughs> oh, I'm not doing that again. No, don't okay, do it. There we go. Don't so, do it again. So, yes, uh, so that's, that's a bit of the science. I was going to talk a little bit there about, um, uh, it's not the science, but Don Quixote, his book, ah, which is because yes. it's, it's quite symbolic, his book there, because mm. Don Quixote is about a uh, disillusioned young man mm. who thinks the world could be and should be a nicer place and so he takes on the name Don Quixote de la Mancha yes and imagines himself as a knight in a knightly world doing knightly deeds fighting giants and dragons and saving people and mm. and he has like a farmer who's a um, you know a little bit more down to earth but humors him mm. because in the end he's he's going off in this imagined world He's doing good things, even if he doesn't realize why. Yeah. And and that's kind of this uh, Goreng fellow. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he's it? gone in there and he imagines the world could be a bit more ideal. Yeah. Because 
he went in there to get a, a degree for crying out loud. Mm, yeah. Like, just go to a university and study. Yeah, I know. I was like, geez, it's tough to get a degree, but jeebus, you're really <laughs> yeah, Spending away. six months in a in a pit. Yeah. I don't know how they could have sold this to him to make him think, yeah, I could totally manage that. Like, even if it was just like, yeah, six months in a ordinary prison in prison, Australia, yeah. I'd be going, no. No, yeah, it's not, not worth not it. Not like in what I get a, a diploma. Yeah. An accredited diploma. <laughs> Uh, can I have like a private yacht? Yeah, or something instead. Yeah. Can I have a house? Like, can I get a free house? Something a like house. That? Yeah. I never want to pay tax again. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um, he's a bit yeah. idealistic, and the fact he brings a book. Yeah. He's one item. Like other people it's bring romantic. samurai yeah. knives and yeah. oh, piles of cash for some noble reason. <laughs> uh, I a think you know, maybe an animal would be a good one. Because then you could always kill it and eat it when you get to the bottom level. You share it with your flatmate. Once you ate it once, then it's gone, isn't it? Well, I don't know. It depends on how good a vet you Whereas are. If you kill, if you kill uh, your partner in the cell, you get another partner, don't you? Yeah, so you could be hoping for a fat one. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, a bit more meat on that <laughs> bit one. Bit of a juicy one next time, please. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so anyway, he's, he's a bit idealistic. Yeah. And he ends up eating his book, doesn't yeah. he, on one of those levels. And Yep. Which is what you would do. At the end, silly, actually. And at the end of the movie, he does wander, wander off, off in his own little dream world where he's doing good things, but who knows why. Mm. So, as, so that, I mean, that's, that's where it's a bit more, as we talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, there's a few experiments to see whether that's really a hierarchy like that and things. But yeah. I think we should move on, though, to cinematography because you do love this movie. I do. And look, what, there's a... Look, I want to I want to just quickly go through. We've gone through a lot of details, but like I think cinematography for this film, there's a beautiful rule of thirds. It's been shot really well. The tension is done really nicely. Um, I also thought the lighting was really well done in the pit. You know, lots of lovely shadows going on. Lots of kind of creepiness to it. Lots of it felt confined space. Also, when they do descend um, Gorang and the girl, you know, to the bottom. Like, that was such a beautiful shot, wasn't it? You know, like it, I think any filmmaker, like, I was watching that just, like, that was blowing my mind the way they did. It was very alien-like, you know, coming down with this huge shine of, you know, just this little sort of split of light as they mm. descended into nothingness kind of thing. Um, I loved that as well. So I really thought the lighting was really, really great. And also just the way that they did the the pit, like you'd look and it was that really great mirror effect of like how many layers, how many levels going up and how many, and you can never quite tell, yeah, but it, it was done quite well, wasn't it? Just to at a distance because every, yeah. you know, with perspective, every hole gets a little bit smaller yeah. until so it's just it a, cool. a dot in the <laughs> distance and you're like, yeah. there's no way of knowing how far that is. No. And then also I thought like colouring more not so much coloring in the film but the coloring the blood the guts the special effects the makeup um i like this quite often you get this a bit more in european films than american films where they do the violence uh and you can get it sometimes in like um, you know korean films and japanese films but it's like that sheer level of violence don't they like where the blood and the guts really jump up mm -hmm. another level um and it was done i thought quite well and i mean you have that that scene with uh, him fighting that man and he's just like you know he's pummeling his brain and you know 
I mean, that guy should have been dead and then he still flipped him over and he's like pummeling his brain in there. And he's just beaten to a pulp, like mm. literally. So I thought that was also done really well. But what I wanted to focus on, we've mentioned it uh, briefly, is um, symbols. So for film symbols, you, and you have talked about that book and it was a good sort of symbolic touch on the narrative. But there's this, there's a symbol in this film, there's a motif. Motif. There's my French. Um, lots of cinema stuff, film stuff is French, like mise-en-scene. Um, but uh, motif here are snails. So yeah. did you pick up on this? And it, some films do this really well, where they'll like, they, they have a motif, and the motif is, uh, it can be visual, and it can also be spoken, or it could be part of the words, or whatever it might be, or, or it might be shown in a picture, like, you know, in the background or something like that. And it's just kind of repeated throughout. So in this story, I don't know if you picked up, it was like the snail, the idea of a snail. Um, and I th- so I sort of thought, okay, what what is the snail? What are some of the references? Because it kept coming up. So it's like, what are some of the references in uh, the platform of the snail? And so in the film, it's his favourite dish. That's what he tells us. There's this kind of idea of your favourite dish. And like you said before, what's your favourite dish um, for people listening? Um, so it's like it's his favourite dish is the snails. We also very early on have Trimagazi like saying to him like, oh, you're like kind of like he brushes it off. But it's like you're like a snail, like a snail slow and can't really think outside the box and just got to go its own path. Mm. Um, then we have the scene where we see the... What's it? Oh, what's it? It's not a. Is it an aquarium that you put snails in? Is it an aquarium? Is that a terrarium? Terrarium. Terrarium. Um, yeah, and you see them all there, and they're kind of over each other. Then we have that nice scene where the chef like cooks them up. Yeah, he's preparing you know, them. Does all that, um, and then we do later. He has that dish. You know, the dish stands out to him. His dish, and he and you're right. Like he kind of rations it out, doesn't he? Shares um, his shares his favorite with his other people. favorite dish once he. He kind of has that sort of, but not to me, so much epiphany. To me, again, that was me also thinking, though, that this is that um, the unfair irony of this communism trying to be fair is yeah. that he's choosing what the other people are going to have. So yeah. they, they left snails. Yes. And he's going, oh, the snails are so good here. You, you, you have, have some. And he's like, regardless of the fact that people below him probably don't like snails. Yes. Yeah, I know. Let's face it, no one above him likes snails. No. Why are the people <laughs> below him like snails? Yes. But for him, it's like there, and that, and that, yeah, it gives that, that's the unfairness of where someone says, this is, this is what's right for you. And you sort of go, no, that's crap. No, I don't want the snails. That's I've tried dreadful, snails you know. before like that, and they weren't my kind of thing. Oh, like little um, rubber balls. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the thing is, I, I thought about this a little bit. So they're the, they're the reference <clears throat> points that I picked up on. There might have been. There's one other there. one where, he's, where he wakes up level 171, he's tied up. And he says, yeah, I'll leave you here to um, flush and like, like to do with snails. Yeah, To right. uh, expel and, and become that's purified. Right. Yeah, that's right, the purified, yeah. And, and sure enough, at the end of the eight days, when he's going to go, he sort of lifts up the thing and there's a bit of a hint of like mess because he's yeah. been tied, tra- up. tied up there yeah. for, for a week. He's, he's, he's empty, yes. basically. Yeah. And, so he's been purified. Yeah, so there's, but there's also that, is that metaphor of purification. Yeah. Prior to being eaten... Which also is a metaphor. It's like he's being eaten by the whole. Yeah. As in, up to then, he still had his idealism, his mm. hope, his, his joy. Yep. And then he's he's now being purified by his experience in the whole and 
is had all of that hope and joy and so forth stripped from him. So now he's a pure being of the whole. Yeah. Uh, and sure enough, he, he ends up having to eat human flesh at that point. Yeah. So I, I kind of like, I first thought about the, you're right, like you're right. So that purification of the snail. So I sort of thought about myself and I was like, well, what is a snail? Like a snail is an insect. It's small. It's slow moving. It's, uh, it's, it's like squishy. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it can't really attack people. No. You know, like it, it's pretty defenseless. It carries everything on, you know, it carries its house on its back kind of idea. Like it carries everything with it. Um, and that was like me thinking of it. And, I, and then I thought I'd look it up. What does the snail represent? And um, it quite often represents, first of all, great patience in life. Um, as a to- when, it's, when you talk about like snails as a totem animal. So it's like they, it's about that snails are slow and it's about they see the bigger picture of life. So that's kind of one thing to think of it. Um, but they are a creature of habit and they are quite uh, frail emotionally. And I thought about that with Gorang, and it's like, well, yeah, he was emotional from the start, wasn't he? He was mm. wanting the ration, you know, he wanted to rations. That's what he he, jo- he, he talked about. Couldn't bring start. himself to eat the food. Yeah, he didn't yeah. want to bring the food. He couldn't do that. He wasn't part of it. He wanted to help the people below. He wanted to help the people above. Um, so there was a bit of like emotionally uh, there. Um, it went on where I was look- looking this up, saying that they people are usually patient people that are okay with taking things as they come but can be difficult to deal with as they're easily distracted emotionally, which again, I thought Gorang was a bit like that. Like he was a bit too emotionally invested at the start. When you compared him to um, the old man who was like, no, this is the way it works. Piss on the people, boy. <laughs> no, um, he wasn't really agreeing with that. Um, the other thing it goes on to say is this snail shell is basically its only form of protection. So it's weak, it's squishy, it's slimy would be pretty defenseless without the hard shell. So it's got to have sort of some sort of protection. And then because of this, it's highly important feature, the snail symbol can actually represent protection and defense. And so I thought about Garang, like, is Garang a snail? You know, like he's squishy, he's emotional, he's a bit frail. Um, but then in this environment, and he, but he's also patient, like he sees the bigger picture, uh, and if you think about the journey that he goes on in the film, it's a little bit like that for him. Mm. You know, like he starts off squishy and emotional. He's then, as you said, he's purified. Um, and then in that moment of purification, he's saved. So he doesn't save himself. You know, the mother saves him. But then he like, you know, kills um, the old man. And it's like after that, he's kind of in a bit of an emotional wreck about it all. It's not like he's oh, yeah, now I'm a murderer, I can take everyone on. Um, and then even he saves again, like he comes around to the woman, the admin woman, like her way, and he helps her. Uh, and then even with um, Barath, he saves him again, you know, like he, he saves him. So he's kind of like constantly emotional. And then with the mother, he's not really tough. Like he takes on that tough guy and beats him up but then he's beaten back he's got no real you know he's a skinny little dude isn't he um and barath saves him again so he doesn't really like physically save anyone like a snail can't save themselves so i i I think that this is a film the writers have embedded that idea of the snail in there as a bit of a a bit of a symbol for gorang what do you think well it had yeah it basically had to be because 
as you said, it's brought up so many times. His favorite dish. It's a weird favorite dish to choose. Yeah, you, it is. Like, why would you do that? But mm. uh, then it's brought up. Then as I said, it's when he's decided that yeah, I'll, I'll give this a try. This rationing for the people mm. below me, and and they can have my dish. Yeah, and <laughs> he's sort of yeah, he's, he's sacrificing his his dish, which which I think highlights, as I said, that it sort of highlights the the basic ironic inequality or unfairness of yeah. trying to be trying to impose fairness in mm. that fashion uh and and i think even right at the very end when he walks off with tiramisu <laughs> i think he, tiramisu's ghost keeps referring to him as a little snail yeah the whole yeah, time through yeah so it it, it's it has yeah, to be yeah. something there yeah, it's definitely a motive and i i feel like there's a We've we've looked at quite a few films now, and there is motives and stuff that happen. This one, it's quite a strong one. It stood out to me, I think. You know, so anyway, let me know what you think out there about those technicalities of filmmaking and whether you think Garang is a snail. So we should move on, actually, Surrey, and we've probably done what we always do, which is have no idea what we're going to do next episode, or have you already picked it? Next week's episode. Well, next time's episode will be Occupation, the 2018 movie from Australia. Ooh, back to the Aussie ones. And it looks like a bit of an alien one, which There's is cool. We haven't looked at aliens for a while, mm-hmm. even though we are aliens ourselves. So that was us talking about The Platform. The Platform. I was really excited by that film. I'm glad we chose that. Definitely. And you went in. Definitely go and have a, a watch of it. If you if you somehow got to the end of here and now you haven't watched it yet, you've got to... <laughs> <laughs> but another interesting thing is go read a, a quick brief synopsis of Don Quixote. Go check out a bit of um, you know socialism versus capitalism versus communism sort of discussion, uh, and have a look at you know some of the sort of talk about altruism stuff. Then watch it again and see if you get anything more out of it. Or don't do any of that and have a couple of beers and just watch it. Yeah, <laughs> your fa- it's really eat fun. your favourite food, have a couple yeah. of beers. A bag of popcorn, you'd be good. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. It got me hooked from the start. So well done to Gaz. Gaz did a good job here. Yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk to him later. Yeah, we'll get him on the line. I'll get him on. I'll get him on the feeds, on the socials. And on the socials, hit us up. Let us know what you think about the platform, what you think about what we said about the platform, what you think about Surrey's jokes. <laughs> and his voice probably best not to think about that. no let us know let us know and we'll be in touch shortly for our next episode of occupation see ya bye, bye.